0: And welcome to another exciting episode of LGA. That is lit. Lit, lit. gaming, gaming. gaming. Arena. arena. For those of you who don't know, my name is Marcus. I am joined by Justin, the producer. That's me. And tonight, this is a extra, extra, extra special episode because we are talking lit game awards, uh, as or Liddy's or uh, the lit gaming awards. Yeah, lit gaming awards, uh, which is also LGA. Uh, yeah, but also the liddies. Very
1: on brand. This, this is the most on brand we've ever been.
0: Yeah, so uh, we're, we're uh, mostly. I think we're we're going to discuss games that I guess like we think are kind of deserving, and then kind of narrow that down to what is our, our games in certain categories that we drummed up, uh,
1: and also the best games of the decade that shaped gaming. We're not. I don't think we're going to get into, like, what is the best game of the decade, because no. there's too broad, but we're going to talk about the best games of the decade.
0: Yeah, I think games that definitely shaped the, like, yeah, just it just defined gaming in the decade and have changed games going forward. From
1: 2000 to 2019, I mean,
0: 2010 to 2019. Which there's a very important game that I never put in the notes, but I can talk about it. But we'll get to that later, so all that and more to come. Now, let's get now. to it! T-
1: <laughs> Alright, well welcome to the Litties! <laughs> Such a lit, this is this, the stage for the Liddies. The Lit Gamies. Yeah, we're not as big as the Keeleys yet, but maybe one of these days. One of these days, we will be the biggest on YouTube. Actually, not YouTube. Fuck YouTube. <laughs> we'll be the best somewhere else. Not
0: YouTube, though, because we don't want to get copied on YouTube. Going out to the Sekiro. Shadows die twice. There you go. Bye. Chalk another one up for Sekiro.
1: <laughs> no.
0: No. We're just like everybody else. No, we're a little different. Um, Everybody's a little different, but we're really different. <laughs>
1: So I'm going to navigate to the handy dandy list that I made that I actually, I just kind of made. And then Marcus populated it with all the games he played because he played all the games and I didn't.
0: Yeah, this is more going to be my, I wouldn't say personal, but I think I'm going to be doing the lion's share of the talking. I mean, you
1: played probably like 90% of what we talked about, (laughs) really, because you played the bulk of the games this year. Okay, so oh god, you're adding stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're um, editing
1: actively. Don't don't worry about that. What should we start with? What category should we start with? I don't want to. I want to start with most lit gaming. Yeah, of that's the, year. the
0: last. We're gonna start with best looking or just. I I, I mean that this category. I, I think we could break this into several different categories, but this is literally strictly speaking of fidelity is how I put these in there. Uh, so it, it's just, I guess, visuals that are really like pushing the envelope. Okay. Um, is well, how I saw this category that I kind of dumped in here. I, I didn't think best looking is necessarily the best way of naming this. So uh, most lit visuals, I guess, should probably be. The-
1: it could be. Uh, it could be the old giant bomb category, best style. No, it's not. It, <laughs> it's not
0: style because right. style is a uh, different thing. Most No. Than- <laughs> no <laughs> that goes to sonic every year yeah
1: best. Um, okay so before we get into this we, we have a very special drink of the podcast today and of course it is always game fuel <laughs> best drink of the year right here game Fuel's number one and the number one flavor is of course charged cherry burst that's right we got game fuel red back on the shelves baby I was at the gas station today, and I actually saw the red when I walked up to the cooler, and I was just like, oh my god, yes! Like, I was seriously, like, I was, like, stoked. I, like, I I fist-pumped when I saw the red on the shelf. I was so excited. As much as I like the blue, the red is the most superior color of the game fuel. Um, so I'm really enjoying this right now. And uh, if you, th- you out there listening to this podcast, I suggest you fuel up with a nice uh, charged cherry burst. Now let's talk about some goddamn video games. The best ones of the year, that is.
0: So yeah, I wanted to do uh, Littest Graphics. but they, the lit- are- <laughs> the, I think
1: it makes sense if we say most lit graphics most, rather than Littest. It sounds litest. Litest lit- sounds st- weird. St- most Lit Graphics. Uh, Or as we say in the lit jamming arena, most lit graphics.
0: But yeah, just just best visuals. And once again, this is strictly, speaking of fidelity, uh, just just good looking
1: visuals. Just, yeah, just oozes good looks. So on this list, we have Resident Evil 2 Remake, Devil May Cry 5, Death Stranding, Gears 5, and Control.
0: And yeah, I mean, a lot of these were just the ones I came up with off the cuff. I, I do think there's maybe some other ones that fit this, uh, to be honest. But but these at least were ones I played that I can speak to. These are like speak the, to. the top five. Um, anyway, I, I think I've talked at length on the regular cast about how good... Yeah, a lot of Cap- fives in this category. Like, yeah, and <laughs> Cap- Capcoms are like the Resident Evil engine for Capcom is doing them wonders. Holy shit,
1: yeah. Like, a lot of people, like, are like, Capcom's back, baby.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I'm definitely one of those people, but they, they invested heavily in, what is it, like photo telemetry or whatever the hell it is basically doing like taking photo readings of people's faces yeah and like scans of people's faces and dumping them into games and holy shit is it paying off for them now oh yeah uh like yeah devil may cry 5 it crazy visuals considering it's it's visuals and particle effects are off the charts and that game runs extremely smoothly yeah uh, have you
1: seen any of the stuff people are doing where they're, like, modifying, like, the animation percentages
0: on that? No. Well, oh, you have it. Oh, wait, wait. In Resident Evil, I have. Yeah. Not, not in Devil May Cry. Oh,
1: not in Devil May Cry. Okay.
0: But, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, wow. Um, th- Those games really, those two, like, Devil May Cry and Resident Evil 2 I th- are, like, extreme standouts. But yeah. uh, that's not to say any of these other ones are any weaker. Like, Death Stranding, like, <sighs> that's Norman Reedus, yeah. like, straight up. Uh, they just, like, scanned him, and he is in the game. And that is in the, uh, uh, the the I forget the name of the engine, but it's the, the one they used for uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. And there's even uh, Tallnecks in that from Horizon Zero Dawn. And uh, Aloy is in Death Stranding, so, like, as just uh, holograms. But, yeah, that, that engine is impressive. Anyway, Gears 5, uh, very impressive visual showcase for... I mean, Gears has always been like, this is what the Unreal Engine can do. And they did it again where it's just like, holy shit. And actually where this game stands out the most is with its backgrounds and like the weather effects are really blow your mind good. Like no shortage of great visuals coming from Gears 5. Um, Yeah, just a, a real good showcase um, which I feel from the Keelys actually got snubbed a bit. Yeah, that um, was
1: upsetting for me. Um, being a Gears fan myself,
0: and, and Control looks really good. And unfortunately, I, uh, the version I played was on the PS4 on just a base PS4. I didn't have a Pro or anything. Yeah. And uh, actually, that speaks to all these. I had like in the case with Gears Five, I was playing on an Xbox One S, and on the, for the rest of these, I was playing on PS4. Uh, just a standard, not even a pro or anything. So, uh, I know some of these games do look better on different hardware and especially on PC, uh, that especially even speaking to Resident Evil 2 and Devil May Cry 5, um, and it's more so the case with Control, though, is kind of why I'm bringing this up because I know Control does take, uh, into account if your graphics card can do, uh, uh, ray tracing. uh, It actually used ray tracing to have simulated light in it. So I'm aware this game looks good, but in my case, it's a little under par because I played on a base PS4 and I, I talked on the regular cast about how um it's very sluggish and uh, frames get cannibalized. Yeah. And once again, I don't have the ray tracing lighting effects or any of that. So... For me personally, uh, that's actually controls the weakest one on this list, but I still thought it necessary to include it Um, because I mean it still looks good, but it just looks weaker than a lot of the other ones. But I I'm just stating for the record, I didn't have I wasn't playing this on PC and I didn't have ray tracing or any of that, and that may swing that for other people who have that. Um, uh, So have you looked at any of these games? Are you bringing any of them up for yourself to maybe look at them and? Maybe help make a more informed decision on this. Um,
1: yeah. So of the ones that I've, because I've basically seen uh, at least gameplay um, in part for for most of these. Um, the only one I haven't seen much of is Devil May Cry Five. Um, I think for me personally, probably the best one. Um, like it's it's really hard for me to pick between Gears Five and Death Stranding.
0: <laughs> really. This. Yeah, because my mine my top one is actually different than that.
1: Is you, are you gonna be going with Devil May Cry?
0: Uh, RE two. Oh, really? Is is technically just, my top? God, spot. They are,
1: they all are so good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. This one's so like, hard to uh, choose. A, a tough call.
1: Um, it's hard for me to make and, a super informed decision since I haven't played all of these. Um, uh,
0: and a lot of what it comes down to for a difference between RE two and Death Stranding, um, which positives and negatives to both, but. Uh, everything in RE2 is kind of like shiny in a way that like, like holy shit, like blood looks like, like blood. Like it's kind of reflective. Yeah. Um, and, and just like the slobber looks like slobber. And I, I feel like uh, Death Stranding handles wets a little bit poorly, though something that Death Stranding does that a lot of other games don't do or don't handle well is something like crying. And a lot of characters are crying all the time in Death Stranding and having, like, very realistically rendered teardrops and emoting of, like, faces crying. Um, so I'm not saying it's any weaker for that, but I, I just feel uh, RE2, um, which, I don't know, you should go look at at least RE2 and Devil May Cry 5, uh, at least in terms of fidelity, just some, like, screen grabs of it. Because, uh, honestly, those two are super-duper impressive in terms of looks, Uh but yeah anyway uh I, I just feel you'd have to look at them for us to come to any sort of consensus on this category,
1: yeah i gotta look look some stuff up on my uh four k phone here uh let because 'cause I've seen Resident Evil Two stuff, but a lot of that was also like I saw like videos and stuff on YouTube, so it's like dealing you with got like, the- compression and all yeah. that, shit. yeah, for sure. So I gotta look up for look up some screenshots. Oh yeah, Mister X, he gonna give it to you. <laughs> he gonna give it to you. It's the X sponge. Shout out to a previous episode. Oh yeah, that's. That RE2, that's some good stuff. You know, I think uh, of of RE2 versus Devil May Cry 5, I would have to go with Devil May Cry 5. Oh, you would? Yeah, I think that one just... A the,
0: lot of particle effects in that, making it look electric.
1: There's a lot of cool stuff looking... They're in the same engine. That, you know, that motorcycle looks awesome, though.
0: I saw a part where they someone erased the motorcycle when he rides in on it, so he's just, like, hovering in the air, <laughs> which was super hilarious. Um, you know, I don't want to put too much of a fight uh, on this, so I, I'm actually going to... Let, let's go with Devil May Cry 5 for best visuals.
1: Oh, boy. Devil May Cry. Most lit graphics goes to Devil May Cry 5. And that was a horrible highlight color I chose. It's I, too dark.
0: I think people will be fine with that. I think our listeners would be okay with that. I mean, it's our choice, so we can do whatever we want. But We can do whatever we I want. Just, I just want to uh, say with confidence that... I mean, it it is tough between all those all those games. Obviously, I shoved in that category for a reason, and it is astronomically (laughs) hard. And I think some of it comes down to a lot of minutia between any of those. So, uh, hard to pick one, but uh, all those games have great graphics. So, uh, so
1: let's let's do badass most badass world building.
0: Yeah, badass world building. So we have we don't really have a lot of games. Like there was no real standard for how many games are in these categories. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But yeah, well, this we This is have our first uh, year doing this, folks.
1: So we have Death Bear Stranding.
0: <laughs> we have Death Stranding, Outer Worlds, Outer Wild, and Control in this category. Oh yeah. Now Some I have not, games. I have not played Outer Wild, so only you can speak to that. Yeah, that one is
1: um very interesting. Uh, where do we want to start with this we'll, one? So. We'll just go in
0: order. So De- Okay, so
1: Death Stranding's first.
0: Death Stranding, I feel like despite the fact that it kind of takes place in a like Post-apocalyptic or middle-apocalyptic future, uh, like it's it, so it's our timeline, but like things have gone to shit, and clearly like like worlds in chaos, and then there's the United, but but a lot of this goes down to like like I said, this is badass world building, so there was a lot of like. I think I talked at length about Kojima language in this, where it's like you got the Cupid, which is kind of a cool device, which like connects people to the chiral network, which is once again the chiral network itself is one of those terms, which it's like that's kind of like the internet, yeah. Um, but it uses like beaches and like can pull stuff from the future. Um, I don't want to get into that, but that's kind of how the th- <laughs> that's how their 3D printing works um, in a bizarre fashion. It's not super explained too in-depth, it's just, basically, it's like the newfangled internet (laughs) that has, like, quite literally negative latency, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Looking at you, Stadia. But, Uh, anyway, like, all that stuff's cool, like, all these, uh...
1: Speaking of negative latency, (laughs) Microsoft also said, like, the Xbox will have dynamic latency. (laughs) So...
0: (laughs) But, But all the, uh, like... What are they called? Well, then when you're when you when you're going out and you're making the deliveries, they're basically to these bunkers that have like small pockets of people because the people don't want to be close to one another because they risk when they die, they turn into the BTs. And BTs cause like these, if, if a human touches a BT, it like basically makes like an atom bomb or causes it. What's once again in world called a void out, which just like blinks shit out of existence. Wow. <laughs> which is pretty friggin' cool. So once again, there's a lot of cool elements going on, and there's there's definitely more to it than that, but it, just once again, this is me making a case for some of the world building in this game that I do feel all these things like the beaches and all the weird characters in this and all the weird terminology used is some of the best I've seen in a while. Uh, at least that's the case for why this game is on the list and why I put it on the list in the first place. So yeah. uh, what's what's next on the list?
1: Outer Worlds.
0: Which we both can talk about this.
1: Yeah, so Outer Worlds is takes place in the future where of uh, ultra late stage capitalism, where people are going to explore. They're saying people are sending ships to um, another solar system to explore, and they're basically they get frozen onto uh, crowd chambers, and basically they're like selling themselves, like like per, like basically servitude to these corporations, order in order to do this. Um, like the corporation like becomes like their family and livelihood and everything they do is to better the corporation that they work for.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Silicon Valley, like yeah, to, to the nth degree, because how those places have campuses and people live at their job and like they have yeah. little places for people to work. And, and all they that always got to kind
1: of talk good about their employer or else they get fired. <laughs> um, yeah, it, so, and it's, like, very, like, post-apocalyptic type. Like, not, like, really apocalyptic, but it's just, like, it's a bunch of dirty people living in space, really. It's, like, they're, they're all poor because the corporations own everything.
0: Yeah, and it's a lot of on-the-nose criticisms of our society. I, w- I wouldn't say much of that is necessary. Well, to I guess in, in its defense, it is world-building in this case because the whole game wraps itself in the... Like, like that was the, the jumping off point was capitalism. Yeah. And it's like stage capitalism is not only, not only the, like, what, what is it? Well, it, it go, it, it, late stage capitalism transcends and becomes the entire theme of this game. Like it's the setting, it's the theme, it's every element of this game.
1: Like down to the menus of, of the game itself. It's like, I mean, it's all very, um, art deco. Like everything is art deco in this. Um, very stylistically and everything surrounding it is just this like in uh, it, like soul sucking reality of uh, it's hard it's so hard for me to describe like the, the, it's like this it's just a wrenching part of society <laughs> like everything just sucks well i mean there's in a this nice future
0: one of these world building elements is that the like the weird like homes people live in are these like like pre-made industrial like little like capsule type home or yeah, dorm. They're like modules but in the like little splash screens where it kind of gives you information about this stuff it, it talks about like how adding fake windows that like it's not a, even a real window it's just a window on the outside to have the appearance that yeah. you have windows <laughs> and there's no windows on the inside uh, yeah it's just which is a cool once again that's that's a real world building element right there um, like little details like that, uh, really add to that. And we, I think we've talked at length about the, uh, like the, the weaponry, yeah. uh, where it's like a spacer's choice pistol is. I mean, the best like example to point at, like so you get weapons that are named after these companies. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's just. You talked about how, like, yeah, these companies are up their own ass enough to name, like, the weapon, like, <laughs> yeah. it's the best weapon, so you have the Spacer's Choice pistol, and then later you get the Spacer's Choice pistol Mark two. Yeah. but they don't even bother coming up with a new name for it.
1: It's just, like, Microsoft Windows, yeah. <laughs> but you're just, yeah, of course, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna name the next version of Windows something crazy, are they? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just the Mark two,
1: Or, like, it's maybe even more... PlayStation would be more apt because like it just goes like PlayStation one, PlayStation 2, 3, 4, and 5. It's, yeah. it's, there's no change there. It's all following a formula, and it's just, the number is just in to let you know what one is the latest and greatest.
0: Yeah, so and and I mean the solar system has like um while it does follow kind of a trope of naming everything after like what I think Greek gods.
1: I love that the map, like the map of the solar system is a very much like analog like map of like the stars like on sticks that are kind yeah. of like on a rotating uh, things. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like almost like it, it almost makes you think of like something like from like 20,000 leagues under the sea, like that, like Jules Verne era type machinery mm-hmm.
0: so anyway i think we'll move on to the next one i think we flushed out uh why that game's on the list i mean yeah. it it created an interesting setting which i mean all these games will but that's and the, the music
1: point. went a- along with it so well too god
0: that's not part of the world building
1: I think so. I think so. Music is essential to world building. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Uh. Uh, Outer Wilds is next. So this is the one you did not get much into. And so like the Outer Wilds, like the world building in this is just like, uh, you're in, you're on this solar system of just like these really weird, unique planets. Like every, every planet has like its own weird thing about it. And... And you have to discover everything on your own with this game. And so, and there's like a history with it. So like the the world building comes from all these like slabs with text on it. You have a translator and you're translating all the text on these. And you're discovering everything that's like happened in the past in this solar system. Because these people were here before you. They're like the precursors of this. The forerunner. Yeah, essentially the forerunner. And in this game, basically, like these people were here when your species was like basically a bug or something like or a fish, like a primordial ooze. Yeah. Like these are, I'm just, I'm drawing a blanket what these people were like all of a sudden. Um, yeah. I
0: know when I went underwater on the first planet, the, the, some of these things, uh, Talk, talked about how uh the people on this planet could breathe underwater yeah they're but, like amphibians yeah but obviously like we couldn't exactly breathe underwater and i know that for a fact because i i fell in water before i started the time loop and i died <laughs> 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 so you do need the spacesuit to go in the water
1: yeah and so they they were like an amphibian race and they were they were just like basically just on the cusp of like their little like they're still like they were they were not even close to like being what they are now like they were just like they they, they had the whole evolution ahead of them and so like that's how long ago the this specific like this group of aliens or whatever were on this planet but they they left their like markings and all their technology behind because they were doing these experiments and so a lot of a lot of the stuff they were doing affects the whole like solar system and the scale, this act, the scale of the solar system is really weird because they're these are tiny planets. These are like smaller than like Super Mario Gala- Galaxy planets. Yeah, I was like
0: they're kind of Mario Galaxy planets, yeah. but they're they're like cup-sized planets. Yeah, like, like
1: some of them, like you could literally like if you jumped off, if you jumped on uh, a couple of them, you could just like float into space. I
0: did on the moon. Yeah, the moon, you can do that. Just like shot into space, which they do account for gravity on each of these planets, which is interesting.
1: Different gravity for different sizes of the planets. Um, Like there is like a big planet with like, it's a water planet, but there's like these cyclones and you can just like, it's, it's very heavy planet. Like you can't hardly jump on it. And the only way to really get anywhere is if you're in your ship and which is the fun thing I love with that planet is like since it's a water planet it does you don't take like any damage when you go to the planet if you like have a crash landing unless you just happen to hit one of the few islands that are on it um, so when I go to this planet I just full speed straight into that planet I just don't even I hold that acceleration down <laughs> as as long as I can until I hit the water because <laughs> hitting the water doesn't damage your ship but um, and that was another cool thing with the game was that um, they paid attention to detail with like space physics where, uh, an object in motion stays in motion, that type of stuff. Um, so like if you hold the acceleration down, you just keep getting faster.
0: I mean, and the game actually was a, uh, kind of like a physics master thesis.
1: Yeah, it really, it's, it's, it does a really good job at the physics stuff. Um, I, I, most other games that do f- space physics don't.
0: Cause I forget the, uh, actual term for this cause I'm, I'm not a physics person but uh it's it's not this isn't like schrodinger's cat but it's in the same kind of field of that where uh but it's about an observed object or in the case like an observed particle oh you're so, talking
1: about the quantum uh, yes, quantum yes. physics
0: yeah because because it's like, oh, if we observe this thing, we can dictate its position. But since it's always in motion, we don't know its speed or anything. And it it deals with that conundrum.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. There is a there is a moon in this game called the Quantum Moon. Um, I don't know if you have, you haven't played I haven't much of it, into but you haven't that yet. Yeah. So like, I think
0: it, I've heard reference to it, but I haven't run into it yet.
1: So basically, like, you can it it's a moon that basically they call the the race calls it the the Wandering Moon.
0: Okay, yeah, that's that's what I've heard. Yeah, and
1: it's that. So the wandering moon is like you can look at it, and you'll see it, and it stays in its position because you're looking at it, you're observing it. But if you look away and then look back, it's gone because yeah, it moves.
0: Yeah, and that actually – that was this guy's thesis is on that particular thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thing so. in quantum physics or quantum mechanics or whatever the hell it is.
1: Yeah, so there's just a really – and it gets in a lot deeper when you get towards the end because then there's like um the location of the moon also dictates what's on it so Oh, that's crazy so like it you can if you're if you're on it when it's in front of a different planet it reflects what's on on it based on that planet um
0: so yeah. like a water planet yep.
1: uh, that, mm. so, yeah that so it's really cool um <laughs> So everything, everything in this, in, in in the solar system is linked in a way. Like, um, you have like kind of like weird term portal terminals where if you like, if you stand on one and, and activate it, like you're looking, you're you're like, it's like you're standing on the other planet. Um, but as soon as you move away, you're you're still on the same planet that you were on. Um, and that's like basically like what the race previously used to communicate with each other. And those same stones will have like the inscriptions on them and you put them on like the observer, the blocks where you can analyze them and translate them. Um...
0: See, in many ways, this game is entirely world building.
1: It's the whole thing is world building, and it's like, and and you're building that world yourself essentially with the way you're discovering it. You're like you're discovering the the way the world is building. Yeah,
0: they're not really explicitly telling you each thing. It's like you're not getting cutscenes necessarily. It's just it's you the, have to go and reading. explore. Yep.
1: and. And the and it's all and it's all based around time so like everything you do is is time sensitive like if you go straight to one planet um right at the beginning of the time cycle before it resets um you'll you'll experience different things versus if you go there later on before it resets like if you if you go there like within the first two minutes versus the last five minutes before the the sun goes supernova and then you reset the cycle Um, so it's all the, the whole thing just revolves around time and physics and the story of what happened to these people or these aliens, um, and what they were doing with these experiments and you discover that and you're kind of like finding your own path and forging like a few, almost like a future for your own like race by discovering what and in a way you're finishing what they started. Um, Yeah. Um, it's really yeah, it's, it's really fucking deep.
0: See, every time we talk about this game, it makes me want to play it more. I just need to. I really need to just sit down and like finish this. But it's it's if I, you're I mean, not
1: good at the mechanics. It's hard. Well, and I haven't. <laughs> the platforming stuff is not great.
0: I also just haven't quite. I've also heard there's kind of a barrier of entry to this game that it's like oh you have to get like and I know some people never like to hear this, but it's like oh you need to get through like the first several hours of playing this before you get to like the real intro or the meat of the game, or in my case, I like, I don't really fully know what I'm doing yet. Like I haven't quite yeah. hit the, like I haven't had goals. And as I talked about before on the last episode, I am extremely goal oriented and, uh, and I haven't quite been given
1: that. Really. The goal is the main goal is your, your main task in this game is to translate the alien text. So And that's like, what I've been doing. So you're finding all the alien text, but at the same time, as you're finding it, you're like, oh I can get to this other piecing area together a mystery yeah and have you looked at like the ship's computer at all
0: not yet but I've heard that's very important
1: it helps you a lot because it shows you like um it actually does tell you like how much there is to explore on a planet and how how much you've discovered oh geez um so I better and, do that then. and it's and it's it's in a like, almost like in a linking flow chart kind of way
0: I found a uh so in when you start on the very first planet, there's a seed that like crash lands. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. But there's a seed that like crash lands, and I, I went anyway. I went to that crash site, um, and that's from the bramble or the dark, dark bramble. Dark bramble. But I, it's I a very launched mysterious a mysterious place. I launched a, th- this is like this is actually a moment where I've kind of felt a little uh upset by the game. But I I launched a like camera thing through the hole uh, on all the holes on this seed, and, and I could take pictures and see inside this thing which seemed to be lead directly to the Dark Bramble world. Uh, but then I tried to jump through the thing, and it just poked holes in my suit that I had to patch up, and I couldn't get through the actual thing. So I was like, I don't know what to do with this seed. So I just left. <laughs> uh, there yeah. was a man outside who was just like, I'm waiting for so-and-so. And I was like, do I have to wait around for them?
1: Or what's going <laughs> no one, on here? No one really moves in that game. <laughs> um... Yeah, that that dark bramble stuff is really interesting too. I,
0: I've heard that's uh, like I don't want to get too into it because I've heard that's kind of a cool place that is also spooky as hell. So I don't yes. want to spoil it for anybody. If-
1: very, it's very very interesting place. <laughs> very cool. Um, yeah, I, those seeds appear in like multiple places throughout that um system.
0: Okay, I just. I just knew blasting cameras through it, it was showing me something else. So it's, like, clearly kind of a portal, but I couldn't crawl, th- crawl through it. So I, I have no idea what's up with that.
1: Well, I'm not going to spoil it for yeah, you. <laughs> so, I, I know.
0: I, I just need to figure it out on my own. It's really, it's um, has that,
1: that game. It blows my mind, that game.
0: Anyway, the last game on Control. the list is Control.
1: That's the one you played, and you said it was, like, overrated. So yes. tell me about this world building. But it <laughs> is
0: on the world building because, uh, so... This game takes place in the Federal Bureau of Control, which is located in a building that is just on a, like, city block, but it's kind of an unsuspecting building because it's this building is in a very brutalist style. Uh, so it's just very, like, square and blocky uh, and, like, basically kind of, like, made out of concrete. Um, anyway, that's the Federal Bureau of Control, and it's this building that is built around what is called the Oldest House. And the Oldest House is this... It's basically a house that just nobody knows where it came from. Nobody knows where why it's there yeah. or anything. But um, a lot of paranormal t- type stuff happens around it. So the Bureau of Control uh, built this this building around it that is the like their actual headquarters to almost contain or be directly connected to any paranormal events evolving this, and then any like objects of power, which is another thing in this game. Uh, that maybe leak out, they bring back to this place to just have everything kind of centralized here at the Federal Bureau of Control. Um, but yeah, the oldest house seems like, almost like it's interdimensional or something. Like, it, it, it's it got a lot of weird shit going on, and there's just weird paranormal shit maybe leaking out from potentially other dimensions, and there's just, like, plenty of weird objects, which, once again, are these, like, objects of power, which may be, like, uh, a projector that maybe, like, did some fucked up shit. Um, but you know, just, and a lot of the lore comes from the text in this game, which I think I've talked at length about, but yeah, a lot of the text, it it does
1: episode. It was just like text on text on text.
0: Yeah. But it, it, the text will have, uh, things that are like real life stuff that happened. Like maybe there's a like thing about Sasquatch or like a real haunted house or real, like just real stories involving the paranormal that happened. And a lot of that, once again, adds to the the world or universe of this and even to the point of when you enter the the bureau, uh, how they escape something like, like, oh, why doesn't somebody like pick up their cell phone or do this, but when you enter, they have like a strict set of rules of like no pencils, no cell phones, no like antennas, any of this, which lets them follow very strict guidelines for how the world in that works Um, and they follow that. so. And there's just weird psychic powers. The house is constantly shifting. So like a bathroom may just teleport around the oldest house. So, you, oh, so like,
1: the quantum moon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone like couldn't because uh, people work at this building and it's just like, yeah, I work on like the third floor and just suddenly the bathroom's gone and I can't find the bathroom <laughs> and I really need to like take a shit. And then, like, where are the bathrooms? or some people would be late to work because the hallways shifted and they couldn't find their desk. So it's the 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 Harry Potter. It's like <laughs> worse than that cuz <laughs> cuz like in that like the the stairways like move but they like kind of are timed or you're usually like on them when they're moving, but you can. It's more predictable. This is just like you may be in the bathroom pooping, and then when you leave, you'll be in a different hallway. That
1: actually that reminds me, because uh, right now, or we just recorded a bunch of episodes for um, Missing Role Player Found, where I'm playing playing with them in uh, like a Dungeons and Doggies uh, module for Dungeons and Dragons, and um, one of the buildings that is like that we we were in is like it's like a wizard's tower basically but um this the security for this wizard's tower is that every time you go open a door it's it gives it it brings you to a random room in the uh the tower or a door that could be like sometimes some of the doors are portals to areas outside of the tower to other areas and so, like
0: that's basically how this works.
1: Yeah. So, like every time we open up, so basically, the one guy that we were with, like, didn't have like the spell to like actually navigate through this. So, like, it was it was a security thing where like anybody that didn't know the spells they could just end up into a in a dangerous room and get flooded by something. Um, it's just anytime you open up a door, it's just completely random. So, like, we were with
0: speaking the, of flooding, real quick. Uh, there's a point where the doctor in this game. Once again, this is just all in text. Yeah. But he w- he was working on, like, an aquarium, and somebody then was just like, my office is just flooded with water. <laughs> yeah. There's and, so- and sharks. <laughs>
1: yeah, there was, there's like, um, something like that, too, in this. But it was just like, every time we go open up a door, like, so we're with somebody that was uh, trying to guide us through the tower, but even he didn't have the spell to work the doors. So it was basically uh, just... We were just standing there while he opened up the door, closed it, opened it again, closed it, opened it again, closed it until he got the right room. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good times, but yeah, that sounds that's I I really like that concept where you're just like anything could change. You you just gotta know what you're doing, I guess, but you nobody knows what they're doing.
0: Well, in the uh, ashtray maze, as I talked about, is one of the which is in another category, but. Um, it's kind of actively shifting as you go through it, so it's really a lot like what uh, uh, what 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 is it? it kind of that that place reminds me a bit of uh, what is the
1: movie Inception.
0: Um, Inception or uh, what what is the red rum? Uh, oh, um, oh god, I'm, I'm am having I, a major st- brain
1: fart. Um, why did I almost say the Stanley Parable?
0: <laughs> Be, because you're thinking Stanley Kubrick.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Stanley Kubrick, The Shining.
0: Yes, The Shining. Uh, it, it This hallway kind of, like, well, it's more than just a hallway, but um, it, it becomes, like, this weird maze of, like, all these, like, changing hallways that sometimes lead you in loops and stuff. Uh, but a real reminisce of... Uh,
1: so Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, yeah, and, I mean, I think I talked about the uh, the gun has kind of... I, I'm, I'm going to say unlimited ammo, even though that's not 100% accurate, but the, the, like, bullets recharge, so it's not like you're picking up ammo packs because this gun is a object of power or a product of the house. Um, there is also one point in the game where you go on, like, Auti, uh goes on vacation, uh, so you have to find him, but yeah. he went on vacation somewhere in the house, and you find this, like lift that leads to just like the middle of all these like pillars and he's just got this weird like vacation home out there that doesn't make a lot of sense but this janitor man is like a bizarre creature of the house it feels like like I mean he's the house's janitor (laughs) um yeah just a lot of interesting world stuff though happening in that game I think it Like, once again, I did talk kind of... I I do think the game is overrated in a lot of stuff, but in this category, it is not. I I think it's a very strong, powerful universe they created. I just think it controls uh, not so great. But this is the category I think it's uh, one of the top contenders in. Uh, So, time for a verdict.
1: for me, it's gonna. It's 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 tough, it's really tough for me to personally to choose between the outer wilds and Death Stranding,
0: okay? See, yeah, my my uh my top two are Death Stranding and Outer Wilds, but I think control is a worthy like control and Death Stranding are like neck and neck, Hmm. um, for me, uh, but that's because those are ones I played, yeah, see, I didn't play where I didn't play Outer Wilds, (laughs) but. Um, I think a statement I made earlier uh, is kind of telling that Outer Wild sounds like it's solely world building. Yeah, it's... Is a big part of that. But man, does Death Stranding do a lot of interesting shit. Because
1: it's fucking Kojima and that guy thinks of everything. Yeah, there's
0: so much crazy details going on in that universe and involving like the BTs. You got the BB, you got... There's just
1: so much going on in that. It's just like in... But it, but then you look at like outer worlds where it's just like yeah like you said it's it's all world building like there's no real actual like like there's no concrete narrative to it it's just like you're discovering a curated world like it's not like it's not like a a no man's sky where everything is randomly generated like everything in this world is put together in a meticulous way so that you discover it in a certain way. And there are multiple ways for you to discover it, but it's like you, it's there are those are the ways you discover this stuff. And it's, and there's no other like actual ways. That, like there's some planets where you go, you go to a certain planet and, Basically, the only thing you can do is just wait. And there's like basically a 20 second window for you to do one action. If you miss that window, you have to wait for the next cycle.
0: That kind of (laughs) sucks.
1: But it's like that is part of the journey is like the trial and error, too. Like you have like you're figuring out how to navigate through this world.
0: This clockwork machine.
1: It's yeah, it's all very much like a clockwork machine because everything happens at specific times. And if you're too late, then you're fucked. You got to do it again. Um, mm. and it like really made, like, I was just like really determined in this game. Cause I was just like, I'm going to figure this shit out and, uh, and find out like, when's the best time to go to this planet. And, and like, do I go here? Can I go to this planet and do something and then jump over this planet real before the end of the cycle? Or do I just go here and wait?
0: <laughs> well, and I think some of that is just, you go to a planet and just dick around on it until you find the one thing that is very time oriented. Or, I mean, it's probably more than one thing, but you you get my gist. And there's
1: a lot of stuff, too, is, like, you have, like, your radio, too. I forgot to mention that you have, like, a radio, and you can tune to different frequencies and, like, um, go in a direction that the feed is, like, loudest, and that brings you to certain things.
0: That's a weird thing I've kind of messed with, but I haven't figured out uh, what specifically I can do with it. Like, sometimes I find the frequencies, but I don't know specifically what I can do with them yet, but I'm just probably not far enough in.
1: Yeah, and there's like like you can hear like different like planet frequencies too. So like it's another thing too like you can hear like the moon, the like the the quantum moon or the wandering moon. Um so but then as soon as you look away it's it's in a different location. So like yeah, like you can even hear it. It's um the camera trick stuff is really handy in that game.
0: Super bizarre. Um I am leaned uh Outer Wilds to be honest. So if you, I,
1: I think I'm, I'm gonna have to go. If with Outer you really want to give it
0: Outer Wilds? We'll go Outer Wilds. Um, but once again, uh, I, I feel Outer Worlds is actually the weakest in this category, and some of that is strictly it's stuff we've kind of seen before.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like we've we've seen a lot of Art Deco before. Um, we've we've seen, seen, a seen a lot of It's type capital- of
0: post-apocalyptic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like we've seen a lot of like the, the the style of like the world is I mean it's very much oh there's a lot of abandoned stuff out here, and it's just yeah um, yeah and I mean and to say it's the weakest in this category I mean it's still like I mean it made it on the list so it's still pretty good
0: yes. yeah it's still good I mean just out of these games we have I think it's the weaker one that's kind of why we're not talking about it in the long run. Uh, So, yeah, I I think uh, a fair fight between the three of them, but we're going to go Outer Wilds uh, because... And like I said, I think some of that is because the world building is its greatest strength because it's pretty much that entire game is world building, where I think some of the other games like like Death Stranding and uh, Control have excellent superb world building, but also they do a lot of other things too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess my, my point is just Outer Wilds, which is in a few other categories, but uh, I think this is one it earned it. It earned its stars in. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> it earned its stripes.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Uh, We're, we're going to do... uh, This is a category I don't think any other... uh place has but we have best podcast game
1: yeah and that is to mean that this is the this is a game that you can um play while listening to podcasts
0: yeah it's uh i mean this is just a weird category we kind of I, I threw some and this games was, on this list yeah
1: and this was inspired by uh, when Marcus, when we were first talking about Death Stranding and Marcus initially said like, this is a really good podcasting game because I can just sit and listen to a bunch of podcasts while I'm playing the game. So I was like, that would be a really good category for her. I mean, being that we are a video game podcast, these are the games that you can play while you listen to us.
0: Yeah, so we got Death Stranding, uh, Ring Fit Adventure, at least that's, that's I listen to podcasts while I play that. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Uh Wargroove and Fire Emblem Three Houses. A lot uh, of yeah, uh those
1: seem like they're all pretty solid games. A lot you of can, Switch games on that list. Yeah. Um but yeah. I, I mean, mean Ring Fit, like I mean that really that really f- fits. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean I mean a lot of people I know when they work out in general, they'll they listen to podcasts or music. It, so
0: it helps me drown out the really annoying uh ring. His name is ring uh, helps me kind of drown out his talking or him when you're doing a workout and him going, yeah, and, perfect. Also,
1: <laughs> and also it helps you to um, ignore your uh, the pain and suffering <laughs> and all the all the terrible things to distract you from the fact that you're working out.
0: Yes, and uh, Death Stranding, uh, once again, was kind of like, that's first on this list because it was the first one that came to mind because, as we mentioned before, it was kind of the game I brought this up with. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, you're, since you're just driving around delivering packages or walking around. It's um, like chores. It, it's usually long treks. There is isn't a lot of, uh, like, like, music's not really playing while you're doing this, so it's really just, like, the sounds or, like, isolation, uh, which is a big theme of the game. Uh, edit, but yeah. I just think it's great to put on a podcast and just chill out and make some deliveries. Like, yeah, it's you're just doing tasks. Relaxing is all hell.
1: Which is also like, hey, spoiler alert for next year, Animal Crossing. Yeah, I mean, I can already tell you for sure that's going to be on this list. Oh, oh,
0: yeah. I didn't even think of that, but yeah. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> um, Pokemon Sword and Shield, if you're breeding or just doing chains of Pokemon, it's like, obviously we all know grinding is kind of a like yeah brainless task and usually, you're not
1: really it's not like an enjoyable thing to do so it's like you're, it's
0: nice to just have a podcast on or yeah or i mean pokemon is not the story isn't too deep either so even while you're playing the main story it doesn't matter yeah it's not,
1: it's not super involved
0: <laughs> and i mean war groove being a tactics game um yeah like there's not it yeah. doesn't involve audio heavily so you can listen it's just to music
1: a, and attack sounds i mean and the, all the it's All the um, story is text-based, so...
0: Yeah, you just podcast up, which I did a lot while playing Wargroove. And similarly, that applies to Fire Emblem Three Houses. I do think the story's a bit more in-depth and there is some, like, talking bits in that uh, and even some battlefield interactions. Uh, But great to still put on a podcast and just chill out and level up your characters, make your students study, and uh, (laughs) just fighting on the battlefield. Yeah grind out some levels uh so basically any game that's real grindy these games are great for this but uh so some of these are obviously nominated in other categories but uh i just think that these are the ones i listen to the most podcast during uh (laughs) and maybe helped uh enhance the the overall experience for some of these um really one of these games stands out above all the rest uh i think there's a clear-cut winner in this category (laughs) Uh, for, for me personally it's Death Stranding I think it is 100% the best podcast game and I think of uh, it very much as a delivery simulator and I think people who actually deliver package ha- packages have talked about how it's very accurately represents that and the isolationist <laughs> yeah. but I mean how good it is to just put on music and or a podcast and chill out
1: me being a truck driver in yeah. real life and listening that's all I do is listening to podcasts <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, so, think, I think I would have to agree with that. I mean, as much as I want to say Ring Fit Adventure because, like, working out is literally the thing. Like, listening to podcasts and working out is a thing, like, everybody does.
0: I, I actually think this list is in order of how I would rank it.
1: Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, I, I think- guess, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's more there's there's more moments you would probably have to pause the podcast for Fire, Fire Emblem 3 as opposed to, like, if you're just delivering packages and Death Stranding.
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, I definitely did have to pause during Dust Stranding if like story heavily, stuff. heavy story stuff was happening. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, you can kind of control when that happens. So, and that's usually pretty several hours in between. So, crush so many podcasts in that amount of time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we get. I'm once again. It, this is kind of an odd category, and I don't think this is one we'll have to talk about too much. So, Dust Stranding definitely best podcast game of 2019. <laughs> uh, if you want to listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. and play a game, no one else is talking Stranding. about this
1: category. <laughs> we're the first to do it, so this is this is breaking new ground here at Lit Gaming Arena.
0: <laughs> All right, we're gonna actually uh, we're gonna go down in the list uh, at least our where our, our list is. Yeah, we're, we're, we're our do... list
1: isn't organized in any particular way. We're just kind of like picking and choosing which category we want to talk about next.
0: We're gonna go to best narrative,
1: best narrative. So on this one, we have Death Stranding. Outer Worlds, Fire Fire Emblem 3 Houses, Control and Outer Wilds.
0: Yeah, couldn't have hated Control too much. It's on some of these lists. Well,
1: I didn't didn't (laughs) say you hated it, I just said you said it was overrated. It definitely
0: is. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Death Stranding has amazing narrative beats that I, unfortunately this is a category where we have to talk around the narrative a lot because we don't want to spoil too heavily any of these things. Yeah, it's uh, hard. Death Stranding, I think anybody who has played it, it has created an unforgettable story that will stick with you uh, throughout the years. Uh, it's basically Kojima's specialty. Uh, Metal Gear very much is that way too, as everybody talks about the story of Metal Gear and how weird it is. So, And Death Stranding is in that same vein. Uh, Outer Worlds, uh, which once again we both can kind of talk on this, but though though I've finished it and you haven't, um it has a lot of good story beats and a lot of like uh, uh, character stories yeah. and a lot
1: of good character development of your party
0: yeah character character development character stories that are some of the best i've seen in it in this style of game specifically um though i though once again i do think on the the lower side uh some of the narrative beats are a bit generic in that uh you're kind of the like chosen one who saves the world, like, yeah, or uh, s- solar system, in this case. but <laughs> yeah, I mean, good, good or bad, it's you're one of those characters. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, uh, this is like a choose your own adventure because there's obviously three houses in this, yeah, and I think there's actually uh, four paths, uh, because one of the houses has two separate uh, storylines you can go with. Um, i I actually did not finish this so unfortunate it, it is on the list because i I did play I think enough to speak to the narrative but I did not fully close out the narrative but I can kind of see where it's going um and I do know some spoilery stuff from it unfortunately uh <laughs> but anyway uh, yeah it, it's it's got a solid narrative uh though I think uh which which isn't a category here but uh best character like, This has incredible character development, incredibly... Incredible characters that you'll never forget. Uh, Just talking with them, hanging out, building friendships or relationships just in general with these people. And just overall, uh, the characters are really the standout and the winners of that game. Uh, The narrative is obviously good. Yeah. Uh, Control... uh, I I mean... For me, I put I put it on this category because it does have, like I said, the, the story bits of this uh, mostly in the tech stuff is pretty decent, but I don't want to talk at length about that here because I th- feel we've kind of talked about it, especially in the more recent episodes of the cast, so if you want to <laughs> hear me... Talk about that. Go listen to the yeah. last podcast before this one. And Outer Wilds is on here, um, which you have to speak to that one, unfortunately, which I mean, <laughs> we did already talk a little bit about at length about some of that stuff. Yeah.
1: So the narrative in, in the Outer Wilds is all within the text of that you're you're unraveling. So um, like I said, it's like you're discovering what this previous race did on the planet or in the solar system, uh, before your race kind of grew into its own, um, and so that is like it's. I, I this one's a really hard one to describe without just spoiling everything because it's just like anything i say about this game is just a spoiler so it's just like
0: i mean unfortunately i think yeah. people just have to trust us with the narrative on this because so so many of these games story-wise it's almost impossible to talk about without spoiling yeah anything i don't want to
1: like because i don't want to ruin a game for somebody by talking about it just because like this this is one of those games where if i tell you what's exactly happening then you're it's not going to be as it's not going to leave an impact on you playing it for the first time um but like so the the narrative is basically just um basically discovering your place in the greater universe um with
0: and why things are happening the way they are
1: like yeah like you you're discovering like what's happening i mean we mentioned already the the um quantum moon and there's a lot of mystery around that and that's kind of like the focal piece of the story essentially and you find out like what is this where what what is this wandering moon where does it come from um why does it exist sort of thing and um and you discover all of that and more <laughs> with this and the the ending like is just so it's just so profound the way the game ends um and i hear that there might be like an actual potential sequel to this which is really interesting to me to see like how what how they carry this forward from here but I would like Um, to
0: see that happen because obviously this was a uh, crowdfunded project, which barely met its goal. So now that I guess the devs will have money and like uh, their sophomore project is more likely to be more fleshed out and have just as much passion, if not more behind it.
1: Yeah. Especially like um, with what we had mentioned on our last uh, actual episode podcast where um, we kind of mentioned how the deals for being on Xbox Game Pass is actually pretty pretty favorable for developers to have a game on Game Pass. Um, so
0: that's word on the street.
1: Yeah, that's the word on the street. So if that is true, hopefully it is, because then that kind of gives me a good hope that the next game these guys put out is even better, because. I'm just... This game blew me away. (laughs) It just really... It left me speechless.
0: And that's what I hear from a lot of people. So, yeah, that's not just you. Um, Anyway, my top pick, which is probably different than your top pick, but is Death Stranding. (laughs) Just the end of that game is blow-your-mind amazing. Lots of twists and turns, and you know uh you know me well better than any of our listeners but i don't like fall for twists that easy i usually see them coming from a mile yeah but let's just say it, i didn't see this twist coming you and didn't I, see it and i sh- and it's the best kind of twist because it's very obvious like after it happens you're like <laughs> fuck me yeah, like, nice <laughs> like i like should i should have known yeah. i should have known the whole fucking time but i didn't yeah so and th- i think that's the best kind of twist um,
1: just like we should have known a certain thing about Star Wars no yes <laughs> um, all of
0: Star Wars is bad no <laughs> that's the twist all of Star Wars sucks no no I love Star Wars but but I, th- I think the top two in this category are easily uh, out because I've heard so much good about Outer Wilds, I think it's Outer Wilds and Dust Stranding are the top two. I think there would be a third in this ca- category if it, it would be Disco Elysium, but nobody here has played that, so unfortunately, <laughs> we can't talk uh, about that yeah, at all. Yeah,
1: that is that is upsetting that we weren't able to get to that one this year. But that just means we'll have to consider it for next year.
0: Maybe shove it in next year.
1: Yeah, just we'll just ram it in. It's gonna be that's gonna be fucking hard. It's <laughs> gonna be too many games next year.
0: Who knows? Maybe I'll over the break I'll maybe pick it up and play it. I know it's on sale right now, but it's true. Anyway, it's we God, we, can't, we can't rate that one, and it sucks because that game is like purely narrative driven. Yeah, so I, I've it,
1: heard many great things about it, but sounds like my, my got got haven't got my fingers in that game yet. So
0: I think it would be a three-way tie between those three <laughs> games, but
1: God, it's it's so hard for me. I. I like, I don't want to give up The Outer Wilds, but I also haven't played Death Stranding for myself, and I know there's a lot of
0: good stuff in Death Stranding. I think the difference between the two is it sounds like Outer Wilds is, once again, a lot of like a lot of it is mired in text, and I think some of that is due to the budget of the game. <laughs> yeah. Versus Death Stranding is just like a movie. It's like a really long movie in some way. Really long movie that you control. Which is... I mean, you you can't just yeah. I'm like, you you also just can't like knock like the production value in something like that. And once again, like clever camera angles and camera tricks and just storytelling involving cinematography. Um, But once again, I mean, can this be the first category of the night where we do a uh, both of them win? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I don't. No, no ties. I mean, I I don't want to, God. It's hard because we don't have a third to really nix either. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but
1: then that could also also just mean the third picks a different game and then we have a a Mexican standoff. It's it's (laughs)
0: disco. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah, because, I mean, I really don't want to give an inch on Death Stranding, but that's like, but unfortunately I haven't played Outer Wilds enough to speak to the story of it. I think Um,
1: I would be willing to give up the Outer Wilds just because of the production value for Death Stranding.
0: Like I said, I, I know you're a real uh, production nut, so I, I think you would be really floored with how they tell the story and I know, where I it goes.
1: Can't wait to get my hands on this game, but I I, st- I told myself I can't play this game till I beat Outer Worlds because if I go if I leave Outer Worlds for Death Stranding, I probably won't ever get back to the Outer Worlds because after Death Stranding, by the time I get through that, there's gonna be so many more twenty twenty games Fuck. so.
0: Death Stranding is a real Justin ass Justin game, though. (laughs) That's what I hear. Got building, real open world, crazy narrative. It's very sci fi.
1: (laughs) I love sci fi. Yeah.
0: So going with Death Stranding on this one? Yeah. I think we'll go with Death Stranding. Death Stranding is the best narrative 2019 for the Liddies. It's 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 got a (laughs) Liddy.
1: It's got a Liddy. This is completely off topic, but someone got on the. Someone on a Discord I was in was ranting about Star Wars because you mentioned sci-fi. Um, they were ranting about the the Star Wars and people were talking about sci-fi, and, um, and he took the hard stance that Star Wars isn't sci-fi; it's fantasy because in the first movie, Luke chooses like he has when he what at the end of the movie what he he's told to use his targeting computer, and he chooses instead to use magic instead of the technology (laughs) and that's why it's a fantasy movie because it's more about trusting the magic i'm like why can't it be both what's so like what's wrong with that why can't it be sci-fi and fantasy why does it have to be one or
0: the other i mean technically uh book wise those are the same category now
1: yeah sci-fi and fantasy they both go together so i'm like I feel like Star Wars there, is sci-fi fantasy. It's,
0: I mean, and the categories like bleed together a lot. Yeah. like there's. Well, yeah, like I think Final always, Final Fantasy is even an example of that in the gaming world, where it's like tech meets fantasy setting.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: It's, so, but yeah, the two anyway, do the, go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, so that was my weird random aside. That just kind of like pop. We, I mean, if you're listening to this right now, we you're, you've probably already listened to the spoiler cast for Star Wars, the rise of the Skywalker, um, or maybe not, maybe it's not released yet, but it probably will be because I want to get it out as soon as possible. And that's
0: in the GG feed or yes. the extra feed. Yes. And I, have. so we
1: recorded that just before recording this. And this of course is going out later than that. So Star Wars is fresh on the mind because I just watched it last night.
0: <laughs> so uh I'm going to do a Epic gamer moment of the year. Next as the category and uh yeah
1: I, I this was this is totally like a joke category but like i just i i had to include something like this in
0: i had to really like try and string some things together for this <laughs> uh but i have the uh which this is going to be kind of vague for for to, to Nick spoilers but uh i put the reveal from death stranding which uh people who have finished death stranding know exactly what i'm talking about uh <laughs> Pedro in My Friend is Pedro, which people who have finished paid My Friend is Pedro know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, getting first in Apex.
1: That's a that's a gamer moment.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ashtray Maze in Control. I, I talked on the last cast about how cool that was. Uh, being a Goose in Untitled Goose Game. Being a Goose. <laughs> uh, Mr. X from Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yeah. And uh, th- this is probably a real odd one that not a lot of, like I know gamer moment is on some list uh, for other people, but nobody's gonna have this one on their list. Multi ball in Demon's Tilt. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a multi ball is just I it's have, awesome. I haven't had it happen yet. I mean, you know how good it feels to have multi ball in pinball. It's, yeah, it's really good. Um, so yeah, these uh, multi
1: ball in any ball based game is good um like what's that what's that one where you're bouncing the balls off the thing on the platform
0: dx of, ball yeah or D- like whatever it's called but yeah dx ball is the one i remember
1: yeah there, you get the multi-ball in that so you're like just <laughs> bouncing stuff left and right you're like losing 50 balls <laughs> but, if, but you don't care yeah because you're like
0: i got plenty of balls or maybe you get an extra large paddle and there's oh, balls yeah. everywhere oh, yeah extra large paddle is the best um so yeah anyway this uh, category is, uh I really have one that specifically is at my top, and that's uh, being a goose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel that was a uh, that phenomenon. took the internet by storm. Yeah, and like, it, unfortunately for Untitled Goose Game, I feel the novelty wears off pretty quick. Uh, which actually, that is now on Game Pass, so you can check that out. I know, I need to just I need to play it. But uh, that's just that. Regardless, this week. yeah, I'm like regardless of people playing it, like controlling a goose and just quacking at things like. Really took the internet by storm. Like, people got real into just geese in general. <laughs> like, yes. Like, post that.
1: just uh, makes me wonder how the uh, Facebook page, I fucking hate geese, is feeling about that.
0: <laughs> just, I mean, and that, I think that's created a string of thought that is like, what other weird things could you control in a game that would, like, control kind of funny? Yeah. And you could just torture people with. <laughs>
1: I really hope they do like that, a DLC with Beaker because that was like the best moment of the game awards. That's so fucking funny. Like just so unexpected. They're like, Oh, untitled Beaker can like, Oh, it's going to be like a weird joke about Beaker being in a game. And, and then they, it was literally just like it Beaker in the untitled goose game in game engine. And they like actually put him in the game
0: doing stupid. Yeah. Shit.
1: Getting chased by the goose.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, so good, and I mean, I think also Mr. X is, was also a big internet phenomenon. Yeah, not it
1: was. Everyone loved modding that, too. Into changing
0: different- him into, like, Thomas the Tank Engine and, yeah. like, all kinds of things, uh, but but my number one is being a goose, really just, and I'm not alone in that, it's just like, like I said, I, I it just became a phenomenon, and I mean, straight up, when I saw how that game looked, I was like, I have to play this, so... It's, it's something. It's a tour de force, like tour de force in the game industry <laughs> for for me and a lot of others.
1: You know, that's one I can get down with because um, it even like the um, it even drove the hard drive hangout on group on Facebook to change the name to the hard drive honk out.
0: It, <laughs> <laughs> everybody was honking, which uh, apparently the because because Untitled Goose Game just came out on PS4 as well. Apparently, the PSN page, the, like, postscript for the URL says honk, honk, honk. Nice. And it's like, that's like that. that's amazing. It's on brand. I mean, and the, the fact that, like, people so willingly got rallied behind that in such a hard way is insane. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... We go going with Goose being a goose. goose. See, and I think this is great because um, honestly, I don't think Goose Game, Untitled Goose Game, can really get recognized in any other category. <laughs> but this is this is where it gets recognized. This is
1: the catch-all right here. So, what other categories? I thought do we, we would have? do a
0: soundtrack next, and next then soundtrack. We'll, we'll do a soundtrack, and then uh, disappointing, then indie, and then uh, game of the year.
1: Okay, so. The hottest soundtrack, so we... This, this category
0: list, is full.
1: Yeah, so we have Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5, Ring Fit Adventure, Bloodstained, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Sayonara, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Borderlands 3, Ape Out, Astral Chain. It's a lot of games. A lot, a lot of, of soundtracks. Games, a
0: lot of good soundtracks. And I mean, both of us here are very big music nuts, and I'm like, especially like a soundtrack nut. For movies and games. Uh, so a real stellar soundtrack. I mean, most of what I listen to is video game soundtracks. Yeah. Because uh, I'm just a colossal nerd. Uh, anyway, uh, I think I've talked at length of how much I love the Death Stranding soundtrack. It is blow your mind amazing. They had a lot of music specifically scored for the game. Some incredible soundtracks by bands you know, like Churches and uh, Bring Me the Horizon and al Ra. That were yeah. songs specifically written for the game. Uh, incredible, absolutely incredible work. Uh, devil May Cry Five had pull your pull my devil trigger. I mean, there's a lot of other good <laughs> songs in that game, but that song I have listened to so many friggin' times. Yeah, and it's good every single
1: time. <laughs> it never gets old.
0: Uh, Ring Fit Adventure has some pretty damn good music, but it's kind of standard Nintendo stuff. I think it's a weaker contender in this category. Bloodstained, also, I think a weaker contender in this category. But if you like Castlevania yeah. music, boy, is it gonna tickle Just your worth,
1: fancy. Worth being noted, at least.
0: Yeah, I wanted to at least, like, once again, nominate all these games or put shove them into a category so people can check all these soundtracks out if they haven't uh listened to some of them. Uh, but uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, great, great, great music. Uh, Pokemon music is usually pretty, pretty damn good, pretty heavily talked about. I think this is some of the best the series has seen uh or heard i guess <laughs> but yeah really really stellar music uh once again i think that's a lower contender for me personally but uh worth noting uh Sayonara wild hearts this game is just basically a album like music video yeah and it, it's like weird i forget what i referred to it as during the episode where i talked about this but it's, it's like kind of poppy synthy music uh, it, it's it's really good. It, I mean, you heard some of the music firsthand. Uh, so yeah. you can attest to how good it is, and uh, yeah, that that's a stronger competitor competitor for me. Uh, Borderlands Three. That this has Borderlands usually has really damn good music. Uh, it's one of the standout things of the game. If you don't care for the writing, visual style, or gameplay of it, the music worth checking. out. <laughs> you can out. at least enjoy the music. Um, they. I know Borderlands 2 for a lot of people is really like what they identify with Borderlands 2 is dubstep because that was kind of a selling point of that yeah, game. And it yeah. was during more the big,
1: dubstep was like in the ad campaign.
0: Yeah, dubstep. That was the era of dubstep borderlands 3 is not dubstep it is synthwave uh which i know is up your alley oh yeah so you should definitely listen to the soundtrack for this i know you're kind of a i don't think you'll play borderlands 3 so but at least listen to the soundtrack i'm a
1: borderlands hater i (laughs) don't play borderlands because i don't have four friends to play or three (laughs) friends to play it with and i get really bored in borderlands
0: that's, that's when I play by myself. That's just funny. <laughs> it's
1: just when I'm. Well, I just. It's when I play by myself. I get bored in that. And and I don't. I don't play looters.
0: Schlooters, shooter looters. I don't, um, I don't play those by myself. And then I put ape out on this list. I think this is probably the only category i can put this in that game is also heavily music influenced and the music goes along with the gameplay it is basically jazz music Ape uh, out with your grape out yeah it is a lot of just like drums and cymbals and like just crazy jazz music um it, i don't know it, it obviously music category is where it belongs is just where i felt good <laughs> placing this um and astral chain uh, uh, I know that's probably a weird one, but the soundtrack for that game is a- absolutely stellar. It's very in line with a lot of the other, uh, music from Platinum Games. Uh, so it's very, like, upbeat, uh, kind of rocky, uh, poppy Japanese soundtrack. Uh, which, you know that stuff's good. You, you know that stuff's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so my, my top pick is Death Stranding soundtrack. Uh, is, is my absolute top pick. I think my second and third choice are Devil May Cry 5 and or Wild Hearts uh, if I were to rate them in that order. Uh, but I guess I'll give you like more of a final say on between those... You, you have to pick between those three.
1: <laughs> See, I was going to say, I was I was going to say, oh yeah, I'd go with Death Stranding, but then you told me that Borderlands 3 is Synthwave and now that's just default
0: <laughs> the winner for <laughs> that's me. That's d- default the winner? <laughs> but,
1: but I... It, I, I guess I don't, is it like original synth wave? Yes. Like for the soundtrack, like they made it, it's specifically for the soundtrack. Yes. It's interesting. I have to, I definitely have to check that out then because
0: I actually thought about buying the vinyl for it
1: because that's cool. And now that actually makes me wonder like if they did that in house or if they it contracted it out.
0: It, it lot of contracted stuff um and i i do think they do have some licensed stuff in there but uh there definitely is
1: some in that original unique synthwave
0: stuff made just for that game
1: because i'm in that community so i can like actually talk to some of the people that may or may not have done music for that so um
0: i mean 100 percent. um and i mean you know how good it is to like it works with a, a a shooter looter because you're kind of like mindlessly blasting a lot of stuff and yeah. i think it's not as like honestly borderlands 2 sometimes gave me a headache with how much dubstep there was because it was going hard <laughs> so often but this is more just ambient uh and fits with like the background of the game yeah uh, ki- ki- kind of like uh no man's guy but a bit
1: more 65 days of
0: static this is this is a bit more upbeat and more with the style of the game kind of with that like uh I hesitate to say twangy, but I, I can't think of another word that better describe it. But you know, like the space westerny type sounds. Oh yeah. So it's just really fitting. Like I don't know, it, it's it's a great soundtrack. Uh, not to knock it. I I don't yeah. think it's as strong as Devil May Cry and uh Death Stranding personally, but I had it would have felt wrong to not put Borderlands Three on a list somewhere, and its music is yeah for me was its most standout feature. Other than the only other category, which we don't have, it would have been best multiplayer game or co-op game. But we didn't do a category for that. So this is where I put Borderlands 3.
1: Well, I think overall, probably I would have to go with Death Stranding um, just because of the sheer volume of just like praise I've heard for that soundtrack. Um, So plus a little bit I heard of it at uh, the Game Awards.
0: Yeah, you heard the Church's song at least. Yeah. Uh, Which is a good one um speaking there the- is almost i think 70 tracks that's a lot of music yeah uh low roar did most of the music uh which is kind of uh how do i word it very mellow music <laughs> uh very atmospheric
1: yeah and then speaking of the game awards we also heard a little bit of uh the cyberpunk 2077 music and that left me a little underwhelmed I, I, I
0: don't like the music direction they're taking, but uh, I was
1: hoping they would actually go with like, like, I guess maybe the board, the borderlands were, I don't know. I was, like, I was hoping that they would actually like contact, like a bunch of actual like people that are in the synth wave scene and get them to do music because there are a lot of like, like I was expecting stuff like carpenter brew, like,
0: I, yeah, mean, I mean, or just something more that screamed more cyberpunky and not had a more futuristic sound
1: yeah the seemed like they just like had a bunch of money and they just paid a bunch of like other artists to be like okay just come up with some weird stuff
0: i mean this is kind of becoming my issue with cyberpunk is that clearly they're coming off a witcher high where they have a metric fuck ton of money yeah and they are clearly
1: spending they're just swinging that big old money dick around
0: yeah and they're just like buying celebrity left and right which, I mean, they know that's almost like free publicity for them. Yeah. Because people might check it out because they'll be like, I listen to X-Band and they're playing in this game. Or I yeah. like Keanu Reeves and he's in this game.
1: Yeah. I, mean, it's To some degree, like what Kojima did. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... Nor- everyone loves Norman Reedus.
0: Uh, though I kind of feel that game, uh, Death Stranding, at least missed the bandwagon on that. I think if... Uh, PT came out on Target. Yeah. it would have been more primed when. Uh, Walking Dead. Yeah, Walking Dead was the more height at of height. the zeitgeist. Yeah, so I think Walking Dead's kind of been leaving the zeitgeist. So therefore, like, not to say Norman Reedus is any less popular, but it's I think people care less. I think the the temperature on that water has cooled. Uh, at least yeah. by now in a, in a 2019 atmosphere. But I mean. obviously they met during uh PT. So
1: yeah. So, uh, next was de- Most Disappointing?
0: Yeah, well, uh, so yeah, we did Hottest Soundtrack is Death oh, Stranding. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. Just just to clarify. Yeah, so the, um, the
1: Hottest Soundtrack is Death Stranding. So, yeah. De- 2019.
0: Uh, so, we're, we're doing Most Disappointing, and people will find this category funny. Um, because, uh, so number one game on the list, Death Stranding. <laughs> uh, followed by Kingdom Hearts 3, Anthem, and Man of Medan, uh, which is a personal Most Disappointing for me. <laughs> so so what what's
1: disappointing about death stranding to you okay
0: for me personally i don't have any qualms about death stranding but i know a lot of people went into it expecting it to be pt or like pt or this was kojima's Ah, pt redemption arc the no man's sky yeah i think i think a lot of people like once again this isn't me specifically but i just put it on this list because i know many people were disappointed or went into this with expectations that then got crushed or people expecting it to be more metal gear and finding out it's uh, a delivery sim and kind of different than what they expected for me. I kind of went in with fairly low expectations or like none at all. Like I was like, I don't know what the fuck this game is, which (laughs) may have contributed to me enjoying it as much as I did. Yeah. Uh, I, I will just say on this list personally, it's a weaker contender, but I had to put it on this list cause I didn't, I, I thought it was a funny bit, but I think deservedly. So for many people, it would belong on a most disappointing list. So I did, uh, I did due diligence and put it here. <laughs> <laughs> um, kingdom hearts three. Yeah. Uh, I, I in in our conversation about Kingdom Hearts 3, which our GG feed actually never got uploaded for that. But I think <laughs> at the beginning of the year when that came out and I had played it and beat it, I specifically stated uh it let me down hard.
1: <laughs> See, and then for me for Kingdom Hearts 3, like I already didn't expect it to be bad. So like can I be disappointed by something I was already expecting to not be good?
0: See, it's funny you say that because I had I had measured expectations based on basically everything that's been going on <laughs> in and on in Kingdom Hearts verse and I was still disappointed. It, it, I'm like that <laughs> the, the Dewey to, yeah uh meme where he's just like I expected nothing and I was still like Yeah. Ex- still let down. Yeah, it's it just that's how I felt with Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh Anthem, uh unfortunately I never played Anthem. But once again, I think I had to put it on this list because the pure volume of hype yeah. versus, I mean, it was easily one of the most disappointing things of the year. I, I remember going into the year and I mean, it, it, it was a talking point. Uh, a lot of people were like, oh, next game from Bioware. This is going to it's going gonna to be gonna a good, be
1: huge it's going to be anthem it's going to be the best game it's going to be a better it's going to be that a destiny clone that does destiny better than destiny
0: I mean it, it, this could have been anthem potentially in a different future or different uh universe could have been the the game that everybody plays like a destiny or yeah. uh, another game which actually they're still kind of I think a bit sour grapes over uh Apex which came out shortly before it and stole all their thunder to only make their game, by comparison, look worse.
1: Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, that's how I was, too. I was like, well, I was in the boat that I was like, I, I'll i just buy the next Bioware game because what else do I have to buy, really? I mean, I'm, I got to get this game. But then Apex came out, and I very specifically in the episode said, well, this game's really fun. Uh, f- fuck Anthem. I'm not going to buy Anthem because Apex is here, and it's free.
0: And I mean, a lot of the, there was a lot of controversy going on around Anthem before, prior to launch. Like, yes. Hearing so much shit of people with pre-screener copies just talking about how bad it was and how generic it was. Yeah. Um, and then for me, Man of Medan, uh, I didn't go into this with ultra high expectations because, but I was like, oh, this is the next game by the Until Dawn team. Um, I knew it was a bit more budgeted experience because the game is fairly cheap and it's a shorter experience. But I went into this hoping it would be as good, if not better, than Until Dawn. And what I wound up with was a giant third. Uh, this game is just, a, a for me, a piece of trash. Um, I'm still, unfortunately, because I'm jaded as fuck, I'm still going to buy whatever game is next in that franchise. In their weird, dark picture thingy uh anthology i'm gonna buy their next game because maybe they'll hit it with the next time but boy did they fucking they broke my heart man they broke (laughs) my heart justin uh yeah so man of a dan for me personally is like a very very low note in the year um yeah uh for me though uh most disappointing of the year for me was kingdom hearts three kingdom hearts three it somehow it somehow took what little (laughs) what little you little i thought they could do and i there's nothing worse than going into something when it's like okay this is i guess quote unquote end of a trilogy um and you know what it didn't do it didn't really end the trilogy like nothing was really wrapped up nothing was cleaned up and yeah. I mean, I I didn't necessarily. And now they're coming out with DLC. <laughs> I didn't expect it to tie up all loose ends, but it just made it more convoluted and yeah. messy than it was. Which is like, how how does this keep happening? So
1: yeah, um, I think for me, like Anthem would be more disappointing, but I think I can. I can get on board with um, Kingdom Hearts three just for the fact that I hate Kingdom Hearts to begin with. So if, if I can give if I can get a, a negative award to a Kingdom Hearts game, I will gladly do so.
0: Yeah, let's uh let's do it. Let's we'll, make it official. We'll put a bullet in that one. We're we'll, gonna we're, put a, we're gonna put a bullet in that one. Put a bullet in Kingdom Hearts three for most disappointing of twenty nineteen. Yeah. It I I know some Kingdom Hearts fans were, uh, they enjoyed it, but uh, let me tell you, that's nostalgia talking. Yeah,
1: those rose-tinted glasses. You're just wanting to relive the good days of Kingdom Hearts 2. The glory days. Glory days. Well, next category we have is the best indie brought to you by Subway. I put that as a joke because I, the so, Keelys yeah, did
0: the, like, freshest yeah, indie. Yeah, freshest uh, indie by, brought to you by Subway. But, yeah, we um, it, we're, this is just really the best indie or... Hottest indie, littest indie. Yeah. Uh,
1: so we have in this category Outer Wilds, Bloodstained. Yeah, Demon- you see,
0: I'm not a coward and will put Bloodstained in as many places as I can because that's <laughs> how much I enjoyed Bloodstained.
1: <laughs> Demon's Tilt, War Groove, My Friend Pedro, Cadence of Hyrule, Untitled Use Game, and Sayonara Wild Hearts.
0: Hell yeah. This is uh, Those are a lot of solid ass indie games for this year. I really love indie games, I play a lot of them uh and you know i want to recognize in indie game like strong indie competitors where i can
1: game recognizes game
0: and i mean like reggie uh his Heartfield speech about indies it's like oh uh, at the how, game like, awards yeah that was all, real good the all game started as an indie once uh is one way to look at it
1: yeah really um yeah uh, at one point nintendo was an indie developer
0: yeah and i i had many great experiences with all these games, uh, I, I do think Sayonara Wild Hearts was one of the weaker ones, but that's because it's partly because it's so short, and partly because it's like a music video thing that's kind of more bent on, like, besting your score, which I haven't really dived, like, I'm just not that type of player, so I kind of play through it once, uh, but, once again, wanted to recognize at least some of the starlets from this year, uh, which, honestly, my top four, <laughs> I have to kind of expand it, because these games I like so much, uh, I haven't played too much Outer Wilds, but I can already tell I need to put that in there. Bloodstained, I gotta put in there. I gotta put my boy Bloodstained in there, despite the fact that it's kind of broken and janky. It, it's full of fucking problems, but it is amazing. Uh, Demon's Tilt, uh, I put this one in there as kind of a last-minute contender, and it is just damn good pinball. That is, yeah, I've been playing I mean, you're, that, and it's... You're playing it when I got here. Yeah. Trying to, it's
1: addictive. Trying to get my high score, which is very very bad high score, but
0: and uh and Wargroove. Uh I I have to recognize Wargroove for being good, despite the fact that it is basically like point for point uh advanced wars, like a advanced yeah. wars clone, so to speak. Uh it it does do its own unique shit and is more fantasy based. I think I think it is just absolutely stellar and if you like advanced wars or tactics games way worth checking out um, and pixel art great pixel art uh, but all these games amazing but I think I think we all know the the, the true winner in this category it's the game uh, that seems the least flawed so I'm gonna have to go with Outer Wilds despite the fact that I haven't beat it <laughs> but I know Justin will not give me an inch on this <laughs> uh, because my, my my personal so ju- so I know for Justin it's gonna be Outer Wilds but my personal one is Bloodstained <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't play any Bloodstained. I, I can't speak to that one at all.
0: It's tough, though, because Bloodstained is sub... It's still indie, but it is, like, sub-indie. Yeah. Based on the fact that it's, like, yeah, it's from, like, industry veterans, and it did get a lot of money behind it. Yeah. Uh, Not just from being Kickstart funded, but it, like, went to, I think, like, 505 Games and, like, a bunch yeah. of other places, like Deep Silver and all that. It, it got a lot of extra funding. Um, well, I
1: mean, like you look at, I get. I mean, technically, something like a No Man's Sky is an indie game that just got the backing of PlayStation.
0: Yeah, but I, I, which I mean, we're we've come to a part. Like, I think some people would refer to No Man's Sky as a AAA indie game.
1: Yeah, I think we're kind of that's kind of becoming a distinction now. Like, high budget indie games are a thing now,
0: or even like, I mean, second out indie games like. Uh, a good example of that is uh, like Binding of Isaac was yeah. by one of the creators of uh, Super Meat Boy. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that they had money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Outer Wilds has to be the uh, best indie of 2019. Yeah, and that's, for...
1: that's basically probably only because both of us haven't played Disco Elysium.
0: Yeah, true. Because
1: uh, <laughs> I am fairly certain that if we had played it, we would be selecting that one as best indie game because i mean
0: maybe i I think it would be a deeper conversation yeah i think there would be more room to argue see some of this comes down to the reason why i'm not going to put up a huge argument for bloodstained over outer wilds personally is because i i defeated myself in this by being like it is like i recognize that bloodstained is broken it has many problems it has frame rate issues it is not the prettiest game all the time by any stretch of the imagination and from the little time i spent with outer wilds outer wilds is fairly damn polished like it doesn't like bug out and just like glitch out all the fucking time and bloodstained is really like you you gotta love it to love it
1: (laughs) yeah everything in uh the outer wilds is just very meticulous like everything is placed Everything is done for a reason in that game. Everything happens for a reason. There's no, like, like it, I mean, it's a big mystery as to what's going on, but it's like, it's not a mystery why things are happening. Um, just very, very thoughtful game. Uh, probably like one of the best in that 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 area like just it's just basically it, it's like a master class in in indie game development as far as i'm concerned um but uh i think uh with that we'll take a quick break before we get to our last two categories um well,
0: well last we'll, category and then game of the decade
1: yeah games of the decades i had kind of two guys but yeah last games last category and then the the top games of the decade um, so we will be right back.
0: Hey, guys, this is Lisa Monahan. And this is Andy Filter. And we are the hosts of
1: 90s Court, a podcast that takes two awesome things from the 90s and pits them against each other in court. We present our cases and you vote online to say who wins. Twister versus Independence Day. Twister, obviously. Nirvana versus Smashing Pumpkins. Nirvana, duh. Bubble Jug versus Doritos 3D. That's a hard pass, neither. Join us for a ridiculous trip down nostalgia lane as we dive into the best games, movies, music, and more from the nineties. Subscribe now and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, we are back for the Lit Gaming Awards, aka the Liddies.
0: The Liddies. The lit ist.
1: The illist. The lit. The most lit game of the year. In this category, we have Resident Evil 2 Remake, Death Stranding, The Outer Worlds, The Outer Wilds, Gears 5, Bloodstained, Ring Fit, Adventure, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and Fire Emblem Three Houses.
0: That's right. I put all the correct games in this category. <laughs> you put you put all the games
1: in this category.
0: <laughs> I put the games that most deserve to be in this category. That's right, because I'm not afraid... You're
1: not afraid to put indie games in the I'm most game of the year. I'm afraid
0: to put games like Outer Wild and fucking Bloodstained as broken as it is <laughs> in this fucking category. <laughs> Damn straight.
1: Because every other game of the year award, they're afraid of putting indie games those filthy indie games in their top games of the year they only allow the triple a games we put everything into our game of the year because you know what whether there's two dollars went into making this game or two million dollars or two hundred million dollars or two billion dollars if it's if it's a good ass game it's gonna be in this category
0: yep 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 so resident evil two remake i i i mean you just can't talk about how this was in the graphics category. I During game our Game of the Year discussion during the awards show for the Keeleys, I think I did talk, talk at length about how uh, the sound design for this is impeccable. You hear yeah. the stomping of Mr. X, and it is just crushing you f- and you terrifying. You feel that stomping. You feel it. You feel it in your bones. And, I mean, the guns are great. The little animations uh, with reloading the guns... Everything, every detail of this game, it, like, is perfect. It, like, this is how a remake should be done. This is 100% how remakes going forward should it be done. This has set the bar. Um,
1: yeah, I think it really has because now it's it's I mean, this is straight up gone from where games are instead of doing remasters, they're straight up just like we're yeah we're just remaking the game. We're rebuilding the game with a modern engine from the ground up.
0: And even rethinking uh, elements of the game to yeah. help polish and flush out and fix maybe errors of the past.
1: Which, on that subject, we didn't really get too much to this on our episodes, but, like, I it'll be, like, long past by the time we uh, do another episode after this one or not. But, as of, I mean, a recording on this one, but I just wanted to mention it, but, like, Resident Evil 3 is reportedly going to have... Like, a lot of different... Like, more changes to the game than Resident Evil 2 Remake did, so... I think they have to.
0: Yeah. Uh, And we'll just have some of that conversation now, but they... They... Somewhat they have to because Resident Evil 2 was already, like, a masterpiece. Like... Yeah. Like, making Remake 2 and it being a good game, I think, is still a testament to how good that team was. But you're already working with a good... Yeah. A good base. Resident Evil 3 is a more messy base... Uh, that like that game is full of fucking problems. Yeah,
1: and I think that with them, their willingness to rework that stuff, I mean, really speaks to like the level of quality that they're putting into all of their work, like Resident Evil Two remake. So that's just one of the many reasons why that's
0: on this list. And it in fact is not the same team. Okay, not the same. Team. So it's, fuck. It, I'll just undo I mean, what I said. No, no, because I think still what you said is valid because like the upper management at Capcom is still going to be quality checking these things, but it, it is not the same dev team because the RE3 remake or three make, as I call it, the uh, three make. Ha- had to have been in development during the development cycle. For yeah, the you're right. Two. Yeah. Uh, so not the same teams. I assume the RE2 team is onto either a new remake or a new game. Uh, so to speak, you know what I honestly think they're working on Dino crisis. That that could be it. Cause that got announced. Yeah, I mean, well, it got they well, bought re upped the trademark. Yeah, well yeah, not it's not really teased or anything, but the trademark uh got re upped and which I mean that usually means You might as something. well announce it. <laughs> and I mean <laughs> we know Capcom wants to do stuff with older franchises that they haven't done and or revisited in a really long time. It's the right time for Dino Crisis.
1: Didn't they just but didn't they re up on a bunch of trademarks?
0: Yes. But uh, if you if you would think Dino Crisis was already when it was released the first go about round, it was Resident Evil with dinosaurs. Who to put on that team? But like Resident the, Evil 2 remake the, people. Yeah. F- either fixing or re- like soft rebooting or just rebooting in general. Dino Crisis. Uh, yeah. You would want Resident Evil people working on it. And you would want it in the Resident Evil engine, just straight up. Yeah. Think of how good those dinosaurs could look. Anyway. Or,
1: or they're making Resident <laughs> Evil 4 too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny because a lot of people don't think they will uh, remake four. I think they will at some point I, th- I think that series is I feel like next.
1: nothing is off limits to get remade at this point
0: yeah so I, I think that's a ways out but How anyway until we get a Halo 1 remake <laughs> that, uh, that's all a different discussion but uh, worth dumping in here a bit but uh, Death Stranding um Love this game. Great narrative. Great crap. Like all the things that I think you need uh, that mix into the secret sauce, which puts you over the top of game of the year is having great memorable graphics, storytelling, and gameplay a- and just overall high polish. Oh, yeah. Uh, like just working at the end of the day. <laughs> like, <it's>, yeah, <laughs> this game didn't have game breaking bugs or anything. Uh, Outer Worlds, unfortunately, doesn't necessarily, for me, reach all those criteria, because out of this, it doesn't have the best visuals. It's, it's, like,
1: really good, it's worth mentioning, because it's, like, a best, it's, like, the best version of what one of those games can be. Yes. Um.
0: I think it hits a lot of high bars. I don't think it hits the highest bars in any of those categories, and I had game-breaking bugs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there were some, there were some bad bugs in that game, which I think most of them are, like, fixed now, but it's 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 come a long way from compared to like what a Bethesda game is I mean it it go it goes like in a lot a long way to saying like hey look we can do one of these games and not be Bethesda and have it work better than Bethesda makes it work
0: yeah I I mean I I think some of that uh, tempering it and pulling it back like I'm I think I've talked at length about how I don't need like not every game needs to be 90 hundred bajillion hour game like I'm fine with a smaller tighter game as long yeah. as it fucking works like uh, I'll take a tight 30 any day over a fucking sloppy 60 to 90 hours
1: oh yeah for sure
0: Um. anyway next game Outer Wilds and this meets a lot of the criteria again once again Uh, And I put this in the visuals. It obviously is not the most like highest on fidelity, but it looks great for like stylistically, like they worked within their means and made it look cohesive. Uh, Soundtrack. Absolutely great from what I played. And I know from you that the story is damn good. The world building is great. Like this has a lot of elements in the secret sauce.
1: Yeah. It, 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 It really makes that secret sauce. It oozes secret sauce
0: gears five uh this game got uh snubbed at oh, the keelies got uh,
1: snubbed so hard like did it win anything no did, was it was it even nominated
0: in anything i don't uh, remember. action adventure that's it? that's it it was nominated in a category i think it was going to struggle to win in God, uh, yeah. once again sound design impeccable yeah soundtrack pretty damn good like, not my favorite soundtrack of the year by any means, but it's got a good soundtrack, great visuals, like, outstanding visual. Well, story not the best the story has been in the games, but yeah. it is good. And it, it, and it, this game, uh, once again, bonus points for I- innovating. It, it changed what it, it made me think of Gears in a different way okay. and make me want more from what a Gears game could be by making the shift to a more open world design. Yeah. Like, like I said, it, closer to the God of War uh, 20, uh, 2018 style of game where it's kind of a limited scope open world. But really good first uh, jab at that, to be honest. Um, and, and I mean, like, all of that just mostly speaks to the campaign. But it's like, this has multiplayer, like, th- like tons of different modes. Horde yeah. mode, multiplayer mode.
1: It says split screen, right? Yeah. So it was like, a lot of, like, Xbox games don't have split screen because they're like, oh, well... It's a limitation in the hardware, and but,
0: yeah, and this game really went over the top. Jack uh, has like a lot of different capabilities in this that you don't get in a lot of other games, and he became a me- meaningful companion. Uh, and this really, uh, all the newer characters like Cog Junior, <laughs> really came into their own in this game over the first game in this set. So, Gears Five is an impressive game for any fan of Gears, uh, and and I think even. For first-time uh, people, this is a good entry point. As much as it sounds weird to enter at the fifth game in a series, or in this case, it's technically the sixth if you count Judgment, still a good entry point, still a solid game. Once again, probably one of the best showcases for what the Unreal Engine can do. Uh, yeah. Bloodstained, and once again, Bloodstained, I, I have to put on this list. I don't, It like, it's not game of the year. <laughs> I'm just going to straight up. There's no way it's game of the year, but it it needed to be nominated and need to be on this list. It's one of the games I enjoyed the most in the year. I do think, I do think a lot of credit is credit is owed where credit is due. Uh, the director of this, like, like from the pre-screeners of this, the game was heavily criticized and this guy changed it, uh, changed the visuals, changed like so much about this game, basically almost reworked the entire thing. Yeah. And, like, who would have thought a game that is basically just Castlevania could be as good as it is? So, absolutely impressive. Like I said, yeah. high marks for music, high marks for story, high marks for... I think the visual style's great. Uh, really, what this comes down to is just some jankiness in uh, solving some of the things involving the world are really, like, obscure, and it's got a lot of just weird, like... Like, there's a big cooking sequence, uh, well, <laughs> like... You, you don't have to do the cooking, but if you want the platinum, you have to do the cooking. And then it's just like, wow, this cooking thing is more robust than it should be, but it's not fun. Uh, or just crafting in general is kind of a slog in that game. Uh, but you can ignore that. Yeah. But I had a blast playing this game. I think it is a stellar game. So it should be nominated in this category and recognized uh, ring fit
1: exercise
0: exercise exercise great game uh it encourages you to exercise i think i mean you've heard a lot about this game from other podcasts too that it is encouraging to have a game that actually makes you want to exercise and you get points you get yeah it's like it's got those rpg elements it's got more going on than something like we fit because it's just fun like doing this rpg journey blasting these things and blasting your ass (laughs) at the same time i don't know I've, I've had a blast playing this i've dumped a decent amount of hours into this in the year yeah. i plan to continue playing this and having a great time doing so
1: i really think that this is kind of like going to be the trend of like fitness type like products is like gamifying it in the future
0: yeah and bring fit is a great first go like voyage into that space uh yeah i and really i just like like i said this is another one i don't think will take game of the year but i needed to rec i needed to recognize game uh it's one of the games i enjoyed the most this year uh pokemon sword and shield how could i not put this on the list impeccable i dumped a ridiculous amount of hours my switch was most played in the month of november i played (laughs) 85 hours of switch in november that's a lot of hours which is almost all Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, and how could you not just recognize that <laughs> it great music, a uh, real solid game that just, it just works. It's tried and true formula. Yeah. They didn't fudge up as much as people might've thought they would have. And fire emblem, three houses, stellar game. I didn't complete it. So unfortunately I think it uh, can't win, uh, because yeah. it, simply because I didn't complete it, but yeah. recognizing uh high marks in storytelling, visuals, uh, and I mean, Fire Emblem is a solid formula. Yeah, it, like just all the characters in that are great. Really, that's where this game excels. Is it has great characters. Uh, but n- we're gonna narrow this list down to a tighter uh, list. So, which I think is kind of in order. So, I'd, I would just do the uh, top five on that set, which is RE2, Dust Stranding, Outer Worlds, Outer Wilds, and Gears Five. Are all the top the top ones top of the top. Oh, boy. Which is a harder choice, but... Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, all all these games are really, like... Once again, I think worth playing in the year. Uh, some of them just blew my mind. <laughs> uh, my, my personal pick is RE2. RE2? Be, just, it meets all the... Like, any box, like... Any reason you could give to nix a game or like get really nitpicky on it, met like once again, no game breaking bugs that I ran into, at least, no weird visual hiccups. Like, and it is just yeah,
1: all the visual stuff was like the people that were intentionally doing it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and I mean it, this game. Once again, I was playing on a base PS4. Runs great and looks great on the hardware. Like it, it's not, uh, it's not like Control, which runs like like there's lack of frames and all that. <laughs> it like has a sluggish frame rate. I had zero issues like that. And for the quality of how good this looks, yeah, absolutely deserves recognition for that. Otherwise, my number two pick is Death
1: Stranding. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm almost surprised that you didn't pick Death Stranding as number one.
0: It. Death Destra- the reason I wouldn't choose Death Stranding as, as number one is, uh... The, th- like, I, I guess really what it comes down to is, like, I, like I, I adore Death Stranding. Uh, delivering packages is fun. I'm not saying it's not. But Resident Evil is more fun to play.
1: I mean, that's a solid reason. <laughs> if a game is more fun to play, then maybe it should be up there higher. Um, gosh, just saying I didn't play a lot of these, so... It's hard for me to, like, pick one of them, um... But it sounds like RE2 has been just like a powerhouse of a game this year. Um, there's just been so much about it.
0: Mr. X is knocking down doors. He's
1: do- he's knocking blowing down. Blowing through yeah. walls. He's going to knock down through your door.
0: And I mean, some of it, uh, I felt, at least at the Game Awards, specifically the Keeley Awards, or even on a lot of other people's lists, uh, yeah. I, I, th- I think uh, RE2 got forgotten a bit because it came out so early in the year. Yeah. Uh, which leads to recency, like a recency syndrome where really people only pay attention to the back half of the year. Yeah, totally. Oh, and for those of you wondering, uh, Smash is not on this list because uh, that came out last year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and we did talk about that extensively already.
0: Yeah, we talked about, about it last year.
1: Yeah, last year. This is, which is crazy to think about that this podcast is over a year old. Yep, yep. This feels like yesterday that we were just recording our first episode. And now here we are doing the lit gameys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think I would have to agree with the Resident Evil 2 remake being on the top of that list. Um, it just sounds like there's just a lot of good stuff that went into that game. And that engine is just so crazy. And I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing what else they do with it.
0: I, I mean, I'm super excited, like super stoked for 3Make because, <laughs> because of... This everything they did with re2 and then on like once again not 100 the same devs but uh the fact of the matter is our our, uh three make is also coming bundled with project resistance which even just adds more value to that package yeah so i am hella stoked going forward but uh yeah so most lit game of the year is resident evil 2 remake
1: resident evil 2 remake the most lit Game of the year and now for the bonus section which is the most lit games of the decade because it is 2019 we're moving we're turning over a new leaf we're turning we're 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 one year old on the podcast and technically a decade older now (laughs) as we are going into a new decade so we have to talk about what games really shaped the 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 face of gaming over the last 10 years
0: yeah so this isn't a like direct one to one list by any means of like we're not we're not picking one game in particular above all cuz i think that's near impossible yeah, to do yeah
1: i i don't cuz it's you can't it's it's comparing to so many totally different things and i think like every one of these games really brings at least one big thing to the table that has really just uh, influenced just gaming in general or th- the future of gaming, even.
0: So we have... We'll talk about the first one on this list, Minecraft.
1: Minecraft. Uh, that is... <laughs> So that came at towards the end of 2011, I believe. I I personally
0: um, think it's cheating to put this on the list, but that's <laughs> that's okay. Cuz it's like a platform now, but Well, um, I mean a little bit for me it's cuz it uh was in beta for so long. A lot of people are playing this before uh this particular decade.
1: Mm, no, because I mean that was it, I when I when I say 2011, I'm talking about that was the alpha. That was the released alpha is 2011.
0: I could have swore people were playing it before that in, like, 2009.
1: Nope, he first put, he first unveiled it as an alpha in 2011.
0: Okay, well, I mean, you're the Minecraft expert. I've actually <laughs> never played Minecraft, but but he, this is one of those cases where I'm like, I recognize that Minecraft has bled into every type of game, and like a lot of games have... spawned
1: had, a whole genre of, like, voxel games. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, so many games had to copy it and just be like, what if we were a game... Where it was, like, not about anything, and you just build stuff.
1: Yeah, or, like, there's, like, so many, like, survival-type games that spawned off of it where it's just, like, hey, it's not, we're not a voxel game, but you're still, like, just collecting resources and building a house and having to, like, hide in the night and, and, and fight off bad guys, and then you go out during the day and collect more stuff. Like, I mean, I know, like, a lot of... Kind of like one of the more prolific ones right now, which came out still years ago, was Seven Day Seven Days to Die. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. No, um, but it's like I think it's like zombies and stuff. But it's just like another. I I think that one is also voxels too to a degree. Um, I think you can like dig underground in voxels, but um, yeah, you're building shelters and you are exploring houses like Last of Us style but um but uh, there are all these uh, enemies that can that can kill you and i guess in 7 days like everything just really goes south so you're like spending a lot of like time um really preparing your building for those 7 days because then i guess the world just turns into a hellscape in 7 days so cuz i think i think the story is that the sun is or the 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 earth is getting too too close to the sun so like the entire surface of the world gets (laughs) turned in turned into fire or something like that i can't i'm i might be even thinking of a totally different game but i just know seven days to die is one of the good ones that got spawned off of minecraft um but i mean then you have like other like kind of more prolific games that i something that i hate exists is um oh, crap, now I'm tr- I'm saw- suddenly drawing a blank as to what it is <laughs> because I'm actively trying to forget that it... Roblox. I always try to actively forget that it exists, but it's still huge. But Roblox is a huge game that kind of follows Minecraft, but it, it doesn't it really have the substance that Minecraft has, but it's just popular with kids.
0: I mean, it being free.
1: Yeah, like, free, yeah.
0: I feel like Minecraft eventually will be free.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. At least Minecraft as it is now. Like... If they ever come not, out with, like, a Minecraft 2, I think Minecraft 1 would be free.
0: I mean, if not free, it will eventually likely just be, like, packaged into Windows. So that would like, also be, yeah. You have a copy of Windows, you got Minecraft.
1: Yeah. You have an Xbox, you have Minecraft.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, makes straight up sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just can't, like... Like, like I said, a lot of the games in this category are just things that kind of, like, set a trend and then games just copied, like, or tried to be like, or became games that you spoke of other games in reference to. Yeah, because,
1: uh, I mean, a lot of times people were like, oh, it's like Minecraft, it's like Legos, but now it's like you talk about other games, you're like, oh, it's like Minecraft.
0: Yeah, it just becomes the jumping off point um all right let's just move on to the next one which i think this one's cheating so i don't really want this on the list to be honest um i do think it's influential but i think it's more influential for the last decade but uh world of warcraft you put on the list yes i and the reason
1: i one the you reason cheatily i cheatily snuck this on the, the reason i put world of warcraft on here is because it it may not have come out this decade but it continued to be a thing this decade, like the entire decade. They're still putting out like expansions for it. They even re-released the classic version of it, which had people just flooding back into the game.
0: I mean, I will give you that MMOs still haven't uh they haven't gone beyond.
1: Yeah, they haven't really evolved past World of Warcraft, and any MMO that has tried to be super successful has never reach the same level as world of warcraft ever has
0: i mean i personally don't know if we will see heights like that ever again
1: i don't think so because now games are all like free to play there's no, there's not a much of a place for games where you're paying a subscription fee to play them now it's like you just download fortnite and you play fortnite and or you download apex you play apex because they're both yeah. free and they both have tons of like stuff. There's tons of replayability because it's like it's a competition based thing. It's not really any narrative for you to follow. There's no real story. Um,
0: I mean, I yeah. wanted to put uh, League of Legends on here, but I couldn't because that came out last decade.
1: But yeah, and that one—I mean, that—that's another one that I—I I probably would have allowed to be on here just because that's another—it's still a phenomenon today.
0: Yeah, it's, it's still, still a huge uh, game. I mean, MOBAs in general are still yeah. beating that drum. But anyway, I don't want to dwell too long on World of Warcraft. Uh, but uh, GTA Five, Grand Theft Auto Five, uh, really changed up the. Uh, I mean, Grand Theft Auto is, has always been the litmus test or like benchmark for open world games. Yes, always has been.
1: Like everybody is always like when they say an open world game, it's like two things two two games come to mind when people uh, mention a world, an open world game. It's Skyrim or Grand Theft Auto
0: mm-hmm.
1: or I mean, Elder Scrolls. And like now it's yeah. Skyrim because Skyrim is the one that came out most, most recently. Yeah.
0: It used to be Oblivion. It, it used to be. Everybody yeah. was like, oh, it's like Oblivion.
1: But speaking of which, I didn't put Skyrim on this list. Why didn't I put Skyrim on this list?
0: Uh, you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> um a- anyway, Grand Theft Auto five had the triple protagonist that you could switch between all these protagonists. And I mean this game had a huge budget behind it, so it's got so much money. Just so much. Shit I remember to the do initial in trailers
1: a- when this came out, and I was like, This is so amazing. It looks so much better than San Andreas.
0: I mean, Grand Theft Auto just continues to be the ultimate in I mean, just always redefining what it is to be open world.
1: Yeah. Which makes me wonder, like, are they going to do something as crazy with Bully if they ever get around to that?
0: I, n- no. I, I feel like Bully... Like, the rumor is that they are working on a new Bully game. But I think what they're going to do now, since they already have, like, Grand Theft Auto Five as, like, kind of a online base that is continuing to make money oh, for them. Oh, this is
1: printing money left and right with that. That's crazy.
0: And Red Dead 2 Online is also making them money, but probably yeah. not as much as Grand Theft Auto. But... They want to make more budgeted games. Uh, go back and make maybe take some risk on smaller games with smaller budgets. That, like, I wouldn't expect as open or as profound of a world from a Bully Two. Like, I'd yeah, be fine true. with a smaller. Once again, this is kind of like the outer, outer world's argument where I'm like, I'm fine with a smaller scope game. <laughs> you don't need to be the world's yeah. largest. Like, I do think if you're if you're Grand Theft Auto, like, you can't put out a small Grand Theft Auto. Like with the Grand Theft Auto handle, because there's expectations with the, yeah. that come with the name. Uh, similarly, like I don't think uh, Bethesda could do a like small in scale Fallout or Sky like not Skyrim but uh, Elder Scrolls, because they've already built the, that into the brand of it being so large. Yeah. But if they did uh, my Mim and it's a smaller game, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, unfortunately I have not played GTA five, my, to my shame, I guess.
1: I also haven't played it mostly just because like I didn't get it having like an Xbox one right away when I guess it came out on like 360 and stuff first.
0: End of the era. Yeah. Yeah. I just know and, it is a, like it's on the list because it is a comparison and jumping off point.
1: It's, and it's just so huge. Like the amount of money it made, is just insane.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still hear people talk about Grand Theft Auto five. Tons of people play. Crazy. Yeah. Um, this one I I feel is the this is probably at least for me this is the biggest talking point. Um and I put three games in this place cuz they're all kind of part of the same. Yeah, they're all factory, pretty much like the same. Uh but uh Dark Souls, Bloodborne and Demon Souls. Yeah. Um and realistically to some degree really this is just Dark Souls. Uh but it I feel you can't just overlook Demon Souls despite the fact that Dark Souls just refined everything from Demon Souls. Yeah. Uh, but but Dark Souls was pretty much the jumping-off point. And I just cannot, for the life of me, think of a game that defines a decade more than Dark Souls. Um, if I were to make this a ranked list, it would be 100% my number one. I just... When I think of the industry as a whole, I can't think of a game that's been like... Just how we talk about everything is different now in a post-Dark Souls society. Like... Everything is talked about in, like, especially for me as a Dark Souls player, it's everything's compared to Dark Souls. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, 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 oh, this the- game has really vague, like, if I were saying Outer Wilds, for example, yeah. I'd be like, oh, it's really vague and just, like, a lot of text and, like, doesn't give you a whole lot of direction. Oh, that's Dark Souls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or like
1: when Breath of the Wild came out, and it was like, oh, it's like Zelda, but Dark Souls.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, just everything. Like, oh, the game's hard, has hard bosses, Dark Souls. It, game just is, once again, gives you no direction, Dark Souls. It, yeah. Like, everything, everything, every game ever. Even games that came before <laughs> are compared to Dark Souls. It, I just cannot think of a game that just... Like, even thinking of a game that's not even 100% analogous, Cuphead is compared to Dark Souls. (laughs) It, like, I mean, to a point that it annoys the hell out of people. Yeah. And I think that's a true mark. I, I, I think Minecraft even did that, where people got sick of things being Minecraft clones or similar to Minecraft. Yep. Or compared to Minecraft. And, I mean, you just can't look at any game at this point and not... I mean, the the terminology, which is why I put Shove Bloodborne in there, is Soulsborne, is how everybody talks about these things, or yeah. this genre, or whatever it is. And I mean, some of this comes down to, uh, I talked about this a bit before, but Kojima Kojima has his strand genre, I'm doing air quotes, but uh, wanted, he set out to want to create a new genre. And he, I don't know if, wow. we, we don't know now if he ever hit those marks. But Dark Souls did create a new genre. They straight up did. You Like, when you look at games, and especially now you have, like, a grouping of games, and they kind of created that by making Demon Souls, Dark yeah. Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, and Bloodborne, and now we have Sekiro, but there's also, like, games that copy that style, like, very, much, a lot more directly. But you have, like, uh, The Surge, The Surge 2, and, like... Uh, Code Vein and I mean that list goes on and on of all these games that are very similar to that and then even yeah. like 2D renditions of it which even like Hollow Knight is in that space or uh, what is it and Sanctuary uh, Blasphemous and uh, God what the there's a there's a few others but my, my point is is that just how we talk about games has been entirely altered because of Dark Souls That's my big soapbox on that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, it really introduced back the idea that a game should be just hard by default. Yeah. Like, there's because games have been trending in the direction where it's like, oh, well, you should have easy modes for people and play. Or just hand holding? Yeah. Like hand holding games or like games that are straight up like this is like the story mode of the game where you hardly play the game. You're just experiencing the story, which is fine. But I mean,. If if a game wants to be hard, then it should be hard. And I feel like that was a thing that was just going away. But now we have, like, Dark Souls. So now there's more games that are out there that are, like... There's just, like, Celeste, where it's just... It's
0: a hard-ass game to play. See, even Celeste which is probably as far from Dark Souls as you can get almost because it's a platforming game, Yeah, is still compared to Dark yeah, Souls. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because <laughs> it's very unforgiving and it, <laughs> you have to be very precise in what you're doing in Celeste. So...
0: <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it even bugs it. Like, despite the fact that I catch myself doing it a lot, it, it is like that has be, just become the way to talk about games. Yeah. Oh,
1: this next Halo what? Infinite. It's like Dark Souls. It's so hard. No.
0: I, I mean, like, almost just anything in any game ever. Like, oh, this talks about things in vague terms. That's Dark Souls. Yeah. Oh, you can leave messages on the ground. That's Dark Souls. <laughs> like, to, to a sickening So degree. Mario
1: Maker is Dark Souls. In some way. I mean,
0: <laughs> a lot of people with Kaizo levels, which technically existed, like, yeah. forever in the online community and mods... It's like Kaizo was considered uh, Super Mario Dark Souls. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it is it is just holy shit. <laughs> like, I, I just can't think of anything more defining than that, especially for this particular decade.
1: Super Mario is a hybrid uh, strand and Dark Souls <laughs> type game. <laughs>
0: I mean, it kind of, it kind of is a strand game. Yeah. But, which I mean, some of that comes down to like Kojima, like even Journey is a bit of a strand game. Yeah, yeah. In a bizarre fashion, but.
1: Well, because there are like you, there you have to have uh, help to get through certain parts.
0: Yeah. Or just, I mean, it's a non-communicative multiplayer. Yeah. Where they can like help you or not help you. Yeah, they can, <laughs> they can fuck you over. Um, anyway, next game on the list. Uh, this Ooh. is a weird one, but Candy Crush. Yes. Um, mobile gaming. Yeah, I, I think this was really the like. There were games that came before this, and there are definitely games that came after this. But this game really, I think, set the ball in motion for mobile gaming and people being addicted to phone gaming yeah. and mobile gaming.
1: On capture or 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 match three
0: games. My father doesn't play a lot of video games. He plays Candy Crush. Oh my gosh. Like, or did at least, and like, I mean, he only ever played it for free, but but I mean, that's just people who aren't gamers played Candy Crush, yeah. That is just that is an intense (laughs) pull. I I can't really dwell on that too much, but uh, just worth noting this decade was kind of defined by they ruined mobile gaming
1: before Candy Crush. We were getting a lot of like kind of unique concept games where. They are pushing the boundaries of what you can do on a mobile phone for video games. And then along came Candy Crush. And I now mean, everybody's just um, emulating Candy Crush. And now it's like different stuff like Clash Royale. Still using the same mechanics that Candy Crush used to p- keep people addicted.
0: Keep people spending.
1: Yeah. It's getting those whales. Because, yeah, Made I was going to
0: say, that prior to Candy Crush, I think there was a lot of interesting, like, single-purchase games. Yeah. Um, and now I, I was think like, Infinity you don't see Blade that was one of those. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So now I have a I have a, a title I haven't uh, revealed to Justin, but I know he's gonna agree with me when I talk about its impact on the industry as a whole.
1: Uh, <laughs> it just P- says Marcus's game on the list.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: PT. Oh my God, yes! Like that. That got so many people up in arms over like the horror genre in general.
0: I mean, every game now, like especially it's compared to PT, yeah, and especially in the horror space, like,
1: yeah. is it as scary as PT or is it? Man, it's like this is as this is almost as scary as P- P- PT. It it's knows got a it's, repeating hallway like PT. Yeah, it's yeah, but it notice like most people they always say this is almost as scary as PT.
0: Oh, it's got a weird person twitching which, out like which, Lisa, yeah,
1: which means that PT is still scarier, even though it's like a like less than a like a micro fraction of a game
0: that yeah i mean and that's the saddest part that's why i'm like i put it on here even though it's like kind of not a game because it was a playable teaser but but it was
1: a on a console and you could play it and it was amazing even though like i just sprinted through it because it didn't affect me
0: (laughs) i mean unfortunately you can't most people can't play this at least through normal means at this point but yeah it is still
1: there's some weird workarounds where you can kind of get it but it's very difficult
0: i mean for any of us who did play it or experience it in some fashion or some of us who never actually did play it but just watched like let's play videos of it yeah it is still that conversation piece that everybody comes back to yeah uh, yeah i just I, I, it it defined a decade of like if you were to point out one horror game that this whole decade has been about, it's PT.
1: Yeah, it really it it defined a lot of uh, a lot of what what horror games should be or could be.
0: Um, and this is uh the last game on the list. I don't know if it's the last game we'll talk about, but it's the last game on the <laughs> list. Uh, last minute entry by me, uh, PUBG. Yeah. Battle Royales have dominated the last half of this decade. Yeah, they sure have. And PUBG started it all, though it is not the breadwinner. It was the originator or OG of it in a way. I I mean, definitely 100-man battles have existed before, but not necessarily having the ring reducing in or being the Royale genre. So,
1: like, there was, like, big team battles in, in Halo. And I know, like, Halo Reach had some sort of... Uh, mode where they were they were bigger big battles but
0: I mean we talked about planet side a bit. Yeah. Yeah, so th- there's always been like really big battlefields or even the game Battlefield always has yeah. bigger like 64 players or higher. Uh so yeah, it's just PUBG though is kicked off an era and who knows maybe we'll see uh in the next decade uh a different kind of battle royale that will take the Industry yeah. by storm, but God,
1: I, it's just so big. Like, and, and without PUBG, we wouldn't have Fortnite, which Fortnite kind of is still like the top dog in that space.
0: I mean, just like Roblox is the top dog in the yeah. Minecraft space, free. despite the fact that Minecraft is better. <laughs> um, but in any case, yeah, that is we. Like I said, that that's kind of a tail end. Yeah, um, and I will mention one more game, but I can't speak to it super heavily. But it is the current like in in is uh, auto chest
1: Yeah, I think that's gonna basically be something that will define next decade.
0: A little bit more, and oh, and one we forgot, but I did talk about it before. Uh, Hearthstone uh, reinvented yeah. the card. Yeah, it made space. Like, what I
1: what I mentioned to you when we first were discussing this category. It was like it they made people want to buy or they tricked people into buying card digital cards.
0: Instead of physical cards and yeah. owning anything, uh, yeah, because
1: it- I mean, Magic the Gathering has been had been trying that concept for years and years and had little to no success in that because people were like, "Why would I buy these d- digital cards? I can just buy the physical cards." And why can't you figure out a way where I can scan my my collection of cards into the the game and stuff like that? But yeah, they, they figured it out.
0: <laughs> I mean, Hearthstone just, it paved the way. Like, yeah. it showed how yeah. you make a good one of those. Because now
1: there actually is a pretty decent uh, Matches the Gathering online game, which there wasn't before Hearthstone.
0: I mean, it served as the, uh, as I, I guess Dota was in uh, in Warcraft 3. Yeah. Uh, Hearthstone became the, like, the flashpoint. Yeah. Like, like it's the touchstone for card like card games at yeah, this point
1: it's a very popular game very good game for that and
0: and it's the one all card also games are compared to now despite yeah. i think at, to some extent though people do compare the digital card games to magic the gathering but yeah
1: and and it is a mobile as game as well so like you can play this on pc or you can play it on a tablet or on your phone whereas you had a you had a game come out this year um artifact that didn't have mobile version.
0: And arguably failed because of it. Yeah, that's I
1: mean, that's, I would argue that. I mean, I think a game like that absolutely needs to have a mobile app. Just like if you're going to launch any sort of like um, any form of social media, uh, like social media, anything. Um, if you don't have an app, you're going to be
0: irrelevant. <laughs> but uh, I think that about wraps it up. I think we've talked about. Uh, Cover a lot of good games. A lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, so we're gonna end that here. So this is the the final release that is going to come out before season two. Um so this is gonna be pretty awesome. I'm really looking forward to what season two will bring for you guys. There's gonna there's a lot of work going into it, so Um, hopefully if everything goes right season two will launch the week after this episode Um, so if you're listening to that you have a lot of uh, you'll have something cool to look forward to a new season lit gaming arena podcast season two so keep an eye on our website litgamingarena.com or lga.gg follow us on our social media um, twitter facebook and instagram Um, Twitter is again as usual The one we're most active on That's where we've had the most uh, The best interaction and the most kind of success Spreading is through Twitter Um, If you like the show Make sure you go to Podchaser.com Or iTunes and give us a rating And a review Um, Especially a Podchaser that will help us out In spreading the show Uh, And and as well, uh, if if you are enjoying it, uh, share it with your friends. If you have anyone that's into video games um, or podcasts in general, just uh, send them a little link to our show. Maybe it's something that they'll enjoy as well, um, especially with season two coming out. It's going to be awesome. Um, So with that, we're really looking forward to this next year of the Lit Gaming Arena podcast. I I was born in the darkness. I was born in darkness, and you just adopted it. (laughs) Galaxy (laughs) brain. (laughs) Galaxy
0: brain.
1: I'm galaxy brain, (laughs) Batman. (laughs) Batman
0: gives me galaxy brain.
1: (laughs) I left a galaxy brain in my toilet this (laughs) morning.
0: (laughs) Galaxy brain. (laughs) That's one of my best lines.